Hello. You said the D word, and then as soon as you said Diagonalon, my compute, my camera died, and my mic quit. Wow. <laughs> Already? Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you said it. Oh, well, I, I won't a... say anymore. Yeah. Um, I, uh... <laughs> uh, maybe coincidence. Maybe there you go. Maybe you have um, Siri or something. I don't know. That was weird. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> Anybody else's um, computer shut down? I guess I won't know. <laughs> well, it happens to Jeremy too. Like, Does it's, it? It's weird. Like, and I'm like in comparison, like online, I'm pretty tame compared to Jeremy. <laughs> but like, it's it's too funny. Like, as soon as you said it, my camera died. As soon as because like, you and I were, we were, you and I were fine for we were 10 minutes, we were talking. Yeah, and I then, had a crash course in EKG. We we're sharing screen, we were doing good. Oh, yeah, and then boom, I saw your thing turn. You you have your OB, OBS studio, I can see that part, and that was it. Yeah, weird. No, um, <laughs> I, I had to restart the computer, so I don't know what you said. <laughs> um, but no problem. My, I, I, it was just all. It was all the the best uh, medical information that you'll ever hear. Sorry, you missed that. You'll have to hit the replay. Um, oh, yeah. No, I was I was talking about how uh, you'll be a great source for for this kind of stuff. But we're talking about yeah. the EKG, how you and Peter McCullough were able to talk at a level that uh, really impressed him. Uh, he even made a comment about how impressed he was about your understanding of this subject. So we're going to get a great uh, crash course on this. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't mean to use crash there because that's one of the terms to use for the heart when there's a problem. Yeah, we, you know, we, we have what's in the eMERGE and usually any wing of the the uh, hospital. We have what's called a crash cart, which has all like right. the defibrillator, all your cardiac medications and like all the stuff to start IVs and stuff. For if there is a cardiac arrest, you, you just run to the crash cart Everything's there, preloaded, ready to go. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to make a pun there, but uh, we'll be getting into that. And then uh, I it's, mentioned it's that you're, that you're Canadian. Puns are built into your accent. It happens. I think so. <laughs> I think so. And um, uh, and then I mentioned how we would be getting into that other subject, but I won't mention yeah, it. The subject um, that cannot be named. Yeah, so um, for those who don't know me, many here probably already do. My name's Chet Chisholm. Um, everyone pronounces my last name wrong. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, so it's Chisholm. okay. Yeah, it's the guys on like the Lotus Eaters, like Carl Benjamin's podcast over in the UK. Like even they screw it up and it's an English name. So, but um, for those who don't know, I'm a paramedic. I've been a paramedic uh, in Nova Scotia for 12 years. I graduated in 2011. Congrats. Um, so, just so there is receipts. Yeah, look at receipts. Yeah, bring them. Yeah, this is yeah. my job. It was my job until I was fired. We'll get to that. Um, yep. but I am a, uh, paramedic and a preceptor. So I would, uh, I'm trained as an advanced care paramedic. Uh, although I'm only registered or was registered as a primary care paramedic. Um, cause, uh, when I went to get my advanced care paramedic in PEI, uh, some issues came up, uh, which we can talk about a bit if you want, cause you and I have discussed a little bit before. Um, sure. But because it kind of factors into like how I was off work and stuff, but I, I also Way back up to the young, young chat, not too young where you're running around playing outside, but the one that decided to become a paramedic, why does something happen? Is it in the family? And then take us from there if you don't mind. Sure. Um, well, when I was a, when I was a kid, I always wanted, I had originally, originally wanted to serve in the Canadian armed forces. Uh, my yeah. grandfather served in the air force during the second world war. 
uh, as a aviation mechanic and later on as a radio operator uh, and bombardier for a Mosquito fighter bomber, which was the fastest plane in World War II up until the jet engine. So it was a three-person bomber crew and he served in the Pacific. Uh, didn't actually see combat, but because uh, they dropped the atomic bomb before, you know, they got to Japan. But um, when I was uh, in high school, he and I talked about. Um, hey, just so you know, our magic word may have killed our stream into X. Really? For the first time ever, a hundred and something videos have streamed. Never a problem on X. Never. I just got noticed that X is not working. Don't worry, you will continue. They're all moving to Rumble. But yeah, we broke huh. X. <laughs> First time ever, 100 and something videos. It's always been fine. All right, so we're not Ooh. on X today. Very scary. Yeah, very voodoo. Yeah, Ooh, we're, we're, we're outing the platforms that don't like this. I'll go check Facebook too, make sure we're up there. But please continue. Sorry about yeah, that interrupt. that's funny. Um, so um, when he, uh, we talked about like his service in World War II when I was in high school. And, uh, he gave me a bunch of his stuff from from then, like I guess on his notebooks and all that. And um, one of the things that resonated with me was um, in uh, in Canada we didn't uh, we didn't use conscription up until like the last days of the war. And if you got conscripted, you you'd get conscripted into um, infantry or the navy or like the merchant marine, right? And okay. so, except if the, the Air Force, no matter throughout the entirety of the war, was uh, all volunteers. And what he told me uh, was, um, in Canada, nobody gets drafted in, into the Air Force. You had to be crazy enough to volunteer. And so those words kind of resonated with me and kind of decided, like, who I kind of wanted to be when I was a man. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because... He, he said those things and he would later on tell me that because he trained in Quebec and the Air Force base there where they were doing all the training, I forget the name of the place, um, was originally built as mental in, uh, asylum. So when they got there, the padded rooms were all still there and there's bars on the windows. He's like, Jesus, what did we get ourselves into? And anyway, there's some pretty funny stories from that, but <laughs> that we'll, we'll save those for another time. But yeah, no, it's I I want shows that I want decided I wanted to serve. Um, I was always kind of a shithead punk. Um, <laughs> no, when you say and, shithead punk, you just you did you rebelled or did you actually do some bad things? Uh, just rebellious, not not digging authority. I don't take orders very well. Um, and so like the forces isn't something that was going to be for me. And I I like I'm a very I don't, I don't like people being over my shoulder and breathing down my neck. Mm. It's one of the reasons why I like being a paramedic because you kind of have autonomy and um, not like we have standing orders and protocols and stuff, but like, I don't, I don't have to get orders from a doctor to do stuff. Like there's no one It's me and my partner are the ones in charge. We're running the show. Like it's, we, it's at our discretion. Right. And you would have made for a great pilot then. Yeah. Yeah. Captain. It's, it's it's something I considered, but I I I have paramedics in the family, and I was always I always wanted to be a first responder. Like the plan is at some point to get all my fire training too. Um, we just have to sort some things out. Um, and so I did uh, I did like two stints at university, and I was like, oh, this is not for me. 
Um, and eventually, uh, a friend of mine from high school, my good friends in high school, like saw that on Facebook that she had graduated from paramedic school in Halifax, and it's like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do that. And then I did that in 2011. Um, became a primary care paramedic. Um, and for those that don't know, uh, in Canada, we have what's called medical first responders, which tend to be like volunteer fire guys. Um, some places you have EMTs, uh, which is emergency medical technicians. Uh, mm -hmm. You see that more down in the United States. You don't see it so much here in Canada. Uh, it's like a step up from like an MFR, which is kind of like like advanced first aid kind of idea. Um, and then after you get to EMT, you get to paramedic. And then there's four levels of paramedic. You have primary care, intermediate care, which um, has been kind of phased out. But it's some people still have that grandfathered position that kind of brought uh, PCPs up to that level. There's advanced care, which is where I'm currently trained at, although mm -hmm. I can't practice. Uh, can't practice at that level. And then there's critical care, which tend to be the guys who are like search and rescue, um, work in the emergency room, um, or uh, like on the on like the chopper, like the medevacs and stuff. And that's that's where I want to go. Uh, but we've we've run into some issues along the way. Um, so I pr practiced as a, as a PCP for years, went to Holland College in um, Charlottetown, Prince Edward Island in 2017, 2018. Um, and while I was there, uh, I, uh, I came home on the weekend to pick up a shift on the trucks, as in the ambulance, um, uh, during Thanksgiving weekend. And... Uh, had a seizure while I was at work and landed in the emergency room. And now, uh, do you normally have seizures or, or is that something that's new? Uh, one off my entire life. Oh, well, that's, that's the only one. Most, most people at some point in their adult life may have a seizure. Sometimes it's usually when you're asleep, you don't even know mm -hmm. you had it. Right. It's just, it's, they couldn't pin down anything. Um, I don't have epilepsy. I didn't have anything growing on my brain. I, it was a Monday, and Mondays suck, I guess. <laughs> um, you have a good attitude about it. Yeah, and then, anyways, I um, I contacted the school and said, "Hey, look, here's the issue. I just had a seizure at work." I emailed them and said, "Like, I'm going to be out for the week because we're going to run, uh, you know, do like an MRI of my brain and do EEGs when they hook up like all the electrodes to your brain and measure your brain wave activity to make sure there's no." Make sure that's consistent and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna check for everything and make sure everything's hunky dory, and I'll be back in a week. And when I they said, yeah, take care of yourself. And when I got back, um, I um, we we sat down, we talked because the pro the big problem is when you have a seizure is you lose your driver's license. For um, how long? Like it's it's automatic. Uh, automatic. Um, six months to a year. Um, I have a class four driver's license, which means you can drive a vehicle with passengers. Uh, uh, normally, most people would have a class five here in Nova Scotia. It might be, they might categorize it differently in your province. Oh, most definitely. But so yeah. you go from a normal one and they've limited you a bit? Yeah, so I, I had a class four. Uh, that gets suspended for a year. And then my, as long as you don't have another seizure and my class five, which is the regular one, which let me drive my Jeep and some from Jeep Ulan. Um, uh, is the class five that's suspended for six months. And so I had a discussion with the school I said, look, um, when the time comes for me to do 
clinical placements, which is your time in the hospital and my like ambulance practicum, which is like the time when you're out on the ambulance working as an ACP alongside another one uh, for like some OJT type stuff. Like we're going to have to look into figuring how I can do this because I can't drive for six months to a year. And so after some discussion, um, uh, they said we can try to accommodate that we're going we're gonna to accommodate this. So just ask around, see if we can find somebody in Charlottetown who's willing to do it. And one of the guys who uh, worked as a lab facilitator at Holland College volunteered, said, yeah, man, I'll take you on. I work on the day truck in uh, in Charlottetown. I'll pick you up in the morning. And then like me and my roommates, like we, we moved to a new apartment that was up by the Charlottetown base. And uh, so that like even like a worst case scenario, I could walk to work in the morning. Um, did all the didactic portion, did the lab portion, completed that. Uh, went and did my clinical placement in Summerside, uh, which is about 35, 45 minutes outside of Charlottetown, but there was six of us carpooling, so it wasn't an issue. Um, did time in the operating room, the emergency room, the um, like maternity wing, etc., and got glowing reviews from anyone I worked with. Uh, the anesthesiologist even offered to write me a letter of recommendation for med school, which I said, I thank you, but I want to be a critical care paramedic. So that's, it's, and he, it's funny. Cause like I, I was working with him doing like intubations and like airway stuff in the OR. And, and uh, he, he joked, he's like, I've never seen anyone like pick up, like, cause like what you're, you're trying to measure, trying to, when you're ventilating someone, you're trying to manage their O2 and CO2 levels. So you're trying to like get this like good waveform of O2 going in, blowing CO2 off. And you don't want you don't want too much of either. And he's like, I've never seen anyone get the rhythm so good. And it's like, well, you, you, you gave a rhythm game to a musician. So what did you expect? And he's right. like, well, you look, you look, you look like a, you look like a musician. I was like, thank you. <laughs> that is a compliment. But anyways, everything was going great uh, up until we got to mid-February. Um, and so I started in the OR and I, we started on a Tuesday. And so it's supposed to be five days there. So I started on a Tuesday and my last day got bumped to the end because we started in the middle of the week. And so they booked that on February 15th for my last OR shift at the end. And they told me, or he, he contacted me and said, look, we're, that's a stat holiday. We're not open that day. So they're going to have to reschedule this and whatnot because the OR is closed that day unless there's emergency surgery. And so he let the school know and um, he said, okay, we'll, we'll make note of it. And um, as we come to the last week of clinical, I'm given my clinical placement. I'm given, or ambulance practice placement, I'm given two places that I can choose. Uh, I can either go to Alberton, uh, Prince Edward Island, which okay. uh, for, those, for those who don't know, is on the other side of the island. It's like two hours away. Um, or I can go to Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, which is a little bit further than two hours away. And um, they gave me 48 hours notice to accommodate this with no ability to drive, nowhere to live. And I said, this is impossible. And um, I reached out to the my would-be preceptors and like the lady who I was supposed to ride with in Alberton said, like, I'm not even there. Like I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm leaving for Florida, like tomorrow to go on vacation for three weeks. Like they didn't even contact me. Like, this is ridiculous. And like, I 
talked to the guy I was going to ride with in who I was supposed to ride with in Charlottetown. And he's like, this is, I don't know what happened. We had it all set up. And like, they, they assigned him my roommate. Who's one of my best friends. who's was like, I'll just go somewhere else, man. It's cool. Like it's, mm-hmm. but like it brought this up with the school and it was, no, you were, it was, this is the way it is. is your responsibility. It felt targeted. It yeah. It's like, you're supposed to maintain a driver's license and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, this isn't my fault. We made arrangements and they said, we don't accommodate students. It got into a whole thing. I got the student union involved and eventually they're like, yeah, we've, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we've got them to agree to sit down, talk to you and see if they can figure something out. And I even asked like, can I just have like three weeks to de- like delay? Cause I can get my driver's license back in three weeks. And they're like, no, but the student union fought, fought for me and advocated for me. And they said, yeah, just come in for a meeting. And as soon as I got, um, got in that meeting and it was like, yeah, so, um, we've got some bad news. Turns out you failed your clinical placement. And I'm like, how did I fail my clinical placement? And they're like, well, you, um, you didn't do this thing that's um, like a certain airway maneuver. It's like, well, that's not required. Like we already did those mm-hmm. in lab. And like, I've been certified on doing that particular thing for uh, at that point, it was like eight years. Um, and they're like, well, you didn't have uh, two pregnant patients. It's like, cause there was only one in the hospital when I was there. Yeah. Like, are they implying you should make one? Like, do you want me to make one? Like, I think that's a little <laughs> unethical. Um, and, and if they're going to wait three weeks, they're not going to wait nine months. Yeah, either. they're not going to wait nine months. And um, that's I a ridiculous it, comment. You didn't have two pregnancies, but the yeah, hospital didn't provide. You have a checklist of things you have to go through, and like you need to demonstrate competency in each of them. And the way it's structured. By, by the way, we had a rumble hiccup too. Yeah, yeah I keep, saw going. That. Um, keep going. <laughs> and um, and when you and I have a chance, I'll flesh this out in a lot more detail for you because it's wild. Okay. Um, but. Um, cause what the way it works with clinical and practicum is it, 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 it's like tiers of like learning. So it's like, if you don't get something in clinical placement, just due to bad luck or the opportunity didn't present itself, um, there's no issue with you getting it on the ambulance. So like, say for instance, um, uh, uh, there was a, one of the girls in, the, in my class, uh, she, when she was in maternity, she didn't have any pregnant patients and didn't have any newborns when she was in hospital. Yet she was able to get those things signed off because she trans because she did two uh, trans transports from one hospital to the children's hospital and dealt with pregnant patients that way. And that wasn't an issue. And that's that's the way it's supposed to be structured. And they said, and I asked, it's like, well, are you going to give me my my OR shift? And they're like, nope, we're not giving it to you. And it was a whole back and forth. And then I was told by the student union to appeal it. And um, I did. I went through the whole process. And they kicked me out of school saying I was a danger to patients and that they couldn't in good conscience let me practice paramedicine. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that That last part there. That How did that feel? Oh, it was incredibly insulting. Devastating. Um, yeah, um, and it resulted in me getting kicked out of the student loan program in Canada, so I can't get student loans anymore. Um, I'm on the hook for all the funding I got from work to go become an ACP. Um, and uh, like I brought it up to lawyers, and they were just like, ah, they can just do whatever they want. You can't do anything. And eventually I brought it before the Human Rights Commission. And mm-hmm. um, what... Any luck there? Uh, well, it's starting to um it's they finally sat down with me after five years because they i think they know they're in the wrong 
um, because like I went through, because like we have what's called the National Occupational Competency Profile, which is okay. set up by the uh, Canadian Paramedic Association and the Canadian Medical Association, which basically dictates to every school in Canada, this is the structure you have to follow. And these are the, these are the things that are required. These are the things that are not required. And they didn't follow anything. Like if you don't have something completed in clinical or in practicum, just because you, it's, you spin a roulette wheel, see what comes to the emergency. Right. Report, and common and sense says you, you may absolutely run into that. You may need to. Yeah. And, the, and so that's look. written right into these, the, uh, the structure of it where they have to, if, if, if all opportunities, um, Failed haven't presented themselves yeah haven't presented themselves they have to provide a um a uh high fidelity scenario environment um so that it's a simulated 911 call with like they have like a fake ambulance and stuff at holland college and everything and they said no you don't get that and it's like well here's a list of all the like i gave them all like here's a list of all the people that you accommodate in my class Mm -hmm. and like one of them like when i asked for like three weeks off to like hey can i have three weeks off to get my driver's license then i can drive to alberton at least they said no it's like okay well why did you let this dude take three weeks off to go to india for a wedding i think you've answered your own question yeah the special treatment it, it was uh what it was is they screwed up didn't want to admit they screwed up when i brought it up it was fuck you buddy that's what it was. Did they actually said that, or that was the no, attitude? Well, that was the attitude. It was, I, I, there's abbreviations all over the place, and I, I don't know. Maybe it's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Because like it's when I said like, look, I can't. Because uh, I was reasonable the whole the whole time. I just said, look, I can't do this. You're asking me to to basically perform magic. I can't get to Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, in 48 hours with no place to live. Um. And because, like, I can't even fly there. And this is the middle of February. Like, I just moved, like, two months ago next to the base you told me I was going to ride out of. And it, anyways, I tried to go back to work. Um, mm -hmm. And I um, ran into issues with that. Um, work was just insufferable about it. Um, I, uh, I had to, I got a message because, like, we do, like, uh, um training in services every spring and fall and so okay. like i contacted them and they said well hey like because i have had to pick up a, a small like bartending gig in pei and they said hey you got to come back for your uh spring in service uh because we saw you weren't on the roster so i signed up for it uh went home and at this point i had my driver's license back so i drove back and did my spring in service and then um Two weeks go by, I don't get paid. I go, okay, maybe it's on the next uh, pay period. And then two weeks go by again, I contact payroll and they go, so, oh, somebody just forgot to put it in the computer. We'll put it in for you right now. Two more weeks go by and I go and get paid. And it's like, I'm, I have this much money left. And like, I, it's like, I could use a couple bucks here. And I contact uh, management. Like, look, I haven't gotten paid for this in-service I did like a month and a half ago. And like, I'm trying to come back to work. And uh, the response I got in email, which I've since passed off when I passed off to the union real quick was you're medically unfit for duty. Therefore you will not be paid. It's like, well, I already worked. You, you can't do that. That's legal. Mm -hmm. So I filed a grievance with the union said like, this is what they're doing. And they're supposed to bring me back. Like I'm supposed to go on modified duties. Like for like, we had somebody who went, who, whom I'm not a fan of, uh, went off 
work because they got a DUI and lost their license, but they accommodated them at work, but they wouldn't accommodate me who had their driver's license back. And they has had, you know, a bit of spite because I've told management, you know, to uh, go eat a receptacle full of phalluses in less polite terms. <laughs> um, um, I like the way you speak your mind for sure. Yeah. Keep going. Uh, anyways. And then like I caught, like I tried to get into like my email and like payroll and stuff and my schedule to figure out like what was going on and couldn't get in contact the IT guys. And they're like, yeah, we were told not to let you in, have access to anything and whatnot. And nobody would answer any calls for me. And like this went on for 10 months where um, I got kicked out of school. Work wouldn't let me come back to work. They wouldn't answer me. I would go to, um, I couldn't get anything through WCB because they deemed my seizure not a work-related incident, although it was at work. Um, and uh, I went to, um, to see if I could get EI because I was off work, um, technically for a medical reason. Um, but uh, Service Canada was like, well, you have a full-time job, so we can't give you EI. It's like, yeah, that full-time job won't let me come to work. They won't even answer my phone, like answer the phone. Um, and this went on for so at that 10 time. Months. Did they actually officially suspend you, or like, why did no, they just, not know? Um, they, I wasn't suspended, so I had taken a leave of absence to go to school, but I had they wouldn't end my leave of absence, and they just kept me off. And like, I tried to go back to work. It's like, hey, I'd like to come back to work and oh. like modify duties, and just wouldn't get an answer because um, there's certain members of management who do not like me, um, and. Um, this went on for 10 months and like I went and every time I tried to get like help from like my doctor and stuff, he just like basically told me to go to hell. Like I, like I nearly lost my vehicle. Like I lost a whole bunch of weight cause I couldn't afford groceries and stuff. And like I, I picked up an under the table, like labor gig and then would bartend at night. So I'd work from eight 30 in the morning till two 30 in the morning every day for almost 10 months and never got my bank account out of the red. And like, Went hungry, eventually was able to come back when my supervisor was replaced with somebody who actually liked me. And the day mm -hmm. that he took took that position, the paperwork went across the desk and I was brought back to work. Um, as soon as I was back to work, other members of management started screwing with me and my partner. Uh, at one point, uh, I was threatened with a year and a half suspension uh, without pay when they stole my notebook that I write patient information down on and 911 calls so I can mm -hmm. chart it um, and said like every single in thing in here is a 48 hour suspension. So if I wrote down a blood pressure, if I wrote down a heart rate an EKG interpretation, it's like, this is a 48 hour suspension. So we're going to spend, suspend you for a year and a half. And like my new supervisor goes like, what are you doing? Like, this is insane. Like, um, and what was their argument there? Is that private or? Yeah, they said, well, is this you're breaching patient confidentiality. It's like, well, this is no different than you going up to the nurse's station in the emergency room and stealing the patient chart because I had this stuff written down because I was doing my charts, like your report, after 911 calls. So I write it, I take everything down in a notebook on a 911 call, as everyone does. And then I hold on to it for a few weeks in case those things come back. And then I shred it because sometimes okay. you, you're reports come back um uh it's like hey you forgot to put in attach the ekgs or whatever and anyways it's 
it was done deliberately. It's pretty clear that certain people don't like me. Um, but, and they were screwing with my partner too, because my partner's the same as I am. And um, eventually. No, when you say the same as you are, you just outspoken and. and yeah, I won't be that. pushed around, I won't be bullied. Because, uh, like, I've, like, uh, one member of management, like, was with, was screwing with my student and, like, her ability to, like, get nine on one calls. Because, um, like, normally what happens if, say, like, in, say in town, um, we. Uh, uh, an ambulance goes out on a 911 call. You pull in ambulances from the rural areas, like out in the boons, uh, to fill in the more populated areas so that everything. So you always have an ambulance in the most uh, heavily, densely populated areas. So mm -hmm. if things get really busy in Halifax, say, everyone shuffles towards Halifax as things go. And then you just kind of go back as everything kind of uh, lightens up. And like, they're like, we would have instances where management would deliberately send me, my partner and my student out into the boons for coverage to bring another truck in to switch with us. And it's like, my student needs to be here because this is where you get 911 calls. We're not gonna get it out in the middle of nowhere. And they like they would do this kind of stuff because there's there are two types of people who are drawn to medicine, those who wanna help and those who are narcissists. Okay. I'm, I'm the, I'm the former. Yeah. Um, and then my, uh, my partner had issues cause like he had come back from PTSD and needed help and they were refusing to help him and stuff. And eventually PTSD like, from work. Yeah. Yeah. He had, Pretty um, common, right? Yeah. It's quite common. Um, I have PTSD, but it's not from nine one one calls. It's from what was done with me at school and what was done to me by management. Mm -hmm. like, you know, they starved me out and threatened me and like tried to take away my livelihood and um and then they screwed with my partner because we did uh in march of 2019 uh me and my partner uh did a uh really bad 911 calls is right after i finally got back to work and i was i was gaunt and i looked like a ghost like i was not in good shape and um um it involved the death of a 17 year old girl no i'm sorry excuse me and um and like i like it's i process it it took a while but i'm fine i can it's i will spare you the details of it but it was pretty it was a 17 year old cardiac arrest um and uh my partner wasn't okay and i had said because normally what i would do after a bad nine on one call is because these things take a lot out of you. I just go, I'll see you later. I'm taking two days, two sick days. I'm going to go play drums. I'm going to play guitar. I'm going to sleep. And like Usually I'll, I'll go home and take a hot shower and I'll go to bed. And then I'll relax for two days, no matter, no matter what. It doesn't matter if it's like, if that was my last shift of the rotation and then we take four days off and then I have two days, like I take my next two days off no matter what. And I just kind of take care of myself. And then I'm usually good to go. Um, and I had said like, Hey, we need to debrief after this. Cause this was pretty significant. Cause like we had uh, equipment failures, um, like our suction device, um, failed, um, in the, in the house, uh, the firefighters, um, um, AED, like their defibrillator, their automated defibrillator, uh, failed to work. 
And were those contributing uh, factors, or just worried that no? Uh, without going in, so what happened is this girl had a a um, artificial heart valve, and it let go. So all the blood in her heart backwashed um, from her ventricles into her atria, so the lower chambers that push blood out mm -hmm. um, to the chambers that take blood in, and it backed up into her lungs and. You can figure it out anyways. Um, and so that's it. The defibrillator wasn't going to change things because mm -hmm. like when we got to the hospital, her heart was still squeezing. Um, <laughs> that makes me happy. I love rancid. Um, um, but it's, it was a volume problem. So like, like it's not that was her heart push. wasn't it. it she, she effectively bled to death is what happened um and um anyways it it was a, a mess like literally like it went as good as we could do it and like i knew going into it like with my partner like because like and like when you go into like something like this it, it comes in like the 911 calls come in it's like hey it's a 17 year old cardiac arrest and she's like okay it's probably not it's probably somebody slipped bumped their head passed out and someone's freaking out but then mm -hmm. like as the call notes come in and it's like it gets worse it's like oh then as soon as it says fire department cpr in progress then it's then it's very real because we don't do cardiac patients and kids very often and right. um, especially like sudden type stuff and but the, this let is me let so me I, take you aside for a second do you get mental health training at all during your schooling for this or is it do they do any of that to prepare you for it nope. not a thing really not a Straight thing. up on just a medicine, and that's it. Yeah, the the only <clears throat> the mental health training I got was from my preceptors, because um, one of the very first calls I did was a suicide where a guy shot himself in the head, and it's I still smell that it doesn't smell good, um, but like the we went in and did the thing, and because you have to go in and declare. Because um, the cops can't, paramedic only paramedics and doctors can declare someone dead, like legally. Okay. And uh, afterwards, the and I'll I'll talk about like PTSD and trauma in a little bit. I have a really cool little video I'm going to show you. It's like just okay. a couple seconds long. Sure. Uh, but um, what happened, or what they was told me is one of the supervisors in Halifax. He's awesome. He said your your career. Think of it as like it's like a bucket, and every time you do one of these calls it's going to start to fill that bucket. Mm -hmm. And what you need to do to make sure that you can do this long-term is you got to figure out ways to empty that bucket that are healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because if it, if it ever gets to the rim and overflows, it's over. Um, so whatever you got to do, if you got to spend time with friends, got to take time off work, got to go to the beach, got to play music, whatever you need to do something to take stuff out of that bucket and process it and do things health and do it in a healthy manner. Otherwise it's game over, man. Like it's right. the idea with like, um, with trauma and stuff is I'm, I, I'll bring this little video up now, actually, because sure, it's, sure. um, it's relevant. Give me two shakes here. There it is. So this is, i mute it because the music is annoying. Um, I don't have a screen on my side yet. There it is. I'll bring that up. Yep, there it goes. Okay. 
so these are so these are neurons and every time it, it'll explain it every time you think about something or you do something your neurons will build pathways together to connect and so i'm going to show you so you can actually watch these neurons these are nerve cells like in your brain and you can see like they got like the little spidery things and eventually mm -hmm. they'll grab on and this is how you learn things and how you build muscle memory and stuff by repeating things over and over again that bond grows stronger and stronger and stronger right um the same thing happens with trauma so if somebody experiences a sense of uh, trauma whether it's they're in combat or something happens or they're sexually abused the more times it happens the more that that's what their brain learns and their brain is trying to learn something in order for them to survive and so the more it happens the more that the stronger that gets and so with like things like ptsd it's like you're flicking a switch that turns on your fight or flight response and eventually you flick that switch enough times it gets stuck and mm. it stays on and that's what happened with me it's what happened with like a lot of guys and usually when this happens is after you like you need a break and you say hey i need some help and it's the response you get from those you ask for help in my case i was told to pound sand a lot uh by physicians by the school by my uh work um i'm at the point where we've pried this switch up and so i'm good until it gets flipped on again and then i have to right. pry it open it doesn't reset on its own it's a lot of work um does that make sense yeah and i, I don't want to make an analogy but that's close to that girl's heart it went yeah it's, it's yeah it's not working the right yeah. way anymore and that's a flap there yeah i'm feeling uh, really bad for you right now by the way uh, vicarious mama it's called i'm feeling bad <laughs> for you um anyways um what so i i had said like hey we got a debrief after this call and um this came after like i got i got like a text message from one of the girls that was on the fire it's like hey you coming to the debrief and it's like no they didn't tell us and like i'm on without saying where it is i'm on this area and that fire department is pretty far away from where i live i'm mm -hmm. not going to make it there in time even if i left right now um and they didn't tell my partner and i got a call from health and wellness saying like hey how are you guys it's like we i said like we need to debrief on this because my my partner's not all right i know he's not all right um and um they're like well the fire department did did a debrief i said well my partner and i sure as fuck aren't on the fire department are we it's <laughs> like no it's like exactly like you're supposed to do this every single time we have a bad call anytime that there it involves kids and or anytime it's something that's particularly traumatic like i have a friend who uh works out west and like they wouldn't debrief them after they went to um, a beheading. Mm. Like, like an accidental one? No, as somebody came in and chopped someone's head off and they wouldn't debrief them after it. Like, that's the way we get fucking treated sometimes. Um, oh, brother. And anyways, after that happened, that's kind of, that was like the last straw and that switch got flicked for the last time. I think I already had PTSD at this point, but like it became very apparent at that point. Mm -hmm. And I went off work and I took, I was off work for, I didn't sleep for 10 days. I was awake for 10 days. I started hallucinating and all that. And 
the supervisor um, who likes me. Um, I saw my aunt is in the chat. She knows who it is. Um, Hi, aunt. Yeah, my aunt Evelyn. Um, Hi, Evelyn. And uh, he called me. He's like, "You're not all right. We need to take you to the hospital." And I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll go." Because like, like my my girlfriend at the time had like come over and like she tried to like give me a hug and it felt like I got like electrocuted. Like it hurt to have somebody mm -hmm. touch you. Um, and like I was delirious and went in and they took me off work. Um, and um, then I was put on leave indefinitely. Um, so then I had lots of time on my hands. Um, and just tried to like take care of myself. Uh, I did a couple things. Like there was some talk therapy type stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. My girlfriend at the time had uh, looked into flotation therapy, which is when you get into okay. the sensory deprivation tanks. And I found that to be one of the most helpful things. It like really calmed my mind and stuff. And it's it's good for you too because like it it's your it's not only is it calming, but it, like it relaxes your muscles and stuff because you're floating in like water that is just packed full of magnesium and stuff. And um, that helps. And so as things kind of went along and. Um, the, a lot of friends, when thing when things kind of went sideways with school, kind of made themselves scarce because, uh, like, some of them were like, I feel "Like, if they're doing that to him, I don't want to say anything because they're going to do it to me too." Um, yeah, and just some way other because, like, it's it's hard, like PTSD, like especially in the throes of it, like PTSD is not fun, um, and you are on edge all the time, and then just friends just stop talking to me. Um, and uh, my relationship with my girlfriend fell apart, unfortunately, um, as things tend to happen. Um, mm -hmm. And then we get to the fall of 2019, because I went off work at this, in March of 2019. And then in November slash December, I started uh, hearing from members of the Canadian Armed Forces that something was happening in China because I know quite a few people and it was brought to my attention and said, Hey, we just had a bunch of guys uh, who are at the Wuhan games and they got really sick on the way back. Um, they put them in isolation and those guys are have very, very, very severe pneumonia. And so my contact in the forces was like, keep your ears open because they're saying something's coming out of there. And like, um, it's going to affect you guys at work. And so I kept my ear to the ground and started watching things and um, watched what Taiwan was saying. And paid very close attention because Taiwan came out and said, hey, we got this thing and it's spreading to people and people are getting really sick with pneumonia. Mm -hmm. um, and the World Health Organization was like, shut up, Taiwan. You're not even a country according to China, so we're not going to listen to you. And like when I pointed this stuff out to people, they told me I was crazy. And it's like, no, there's there's something going on. Like, pay attention. Mm -hmm. And like, like we know that this is transmitting between people. And I started um, like looking into it and paid uh, uh, and really kind of like dug into it. You, it. It was you could find stuff at the start, but then it kind of disappeared pretty quick. And like I had reached out to. Um, Tim Poole and Adam Krigler start and said, Hey man, like I'm a paramedic, I'm off work. And clearly the, uh, 
those who work in the media don't understand medical terminology and stuff and don't know what a ventilator is or how it works. So if mm -hmm. you, you boys want some help, like um, I will help you sort through some stuff. And so Tim put me in touch with Adam and I helped uh, with some of that stuff a little bit. And I'll bring this up just because it's nice to bring up something that's funny. Um, mm -hmm. Are you bringing up your poster? Yeah, so um, anyone who followed Tim Pool and Adam at the start of um, I am the guy who won the uh, the uh, the art contest, the grand prize with Tim Pool. Um, Do you have that clip? Oh, uh, yeah, I can grab it for you. Hold on. Yeah, let's empty some out of that bucket. This is how you do it. You do comedy. Yeah, you it's, oh, I'll pull it up and you guys can watch it if you want. Yeah, it's only a few minutes. Kind of need to know a celebrity. I have some other. I'm gonna. I have a few other funny things I'm gonna show you at some point. Um, I think I sent it to you. Yeah, I can probably find it quick too. It's your mug for your picture. Jessica Rose. She was awesome. Okay, there it is. She's so fun. Yeah, I have it. You got it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think you put it right at the right spot. We'll find out. Yeah. So. Steel man that. It's not going to work. Oh, check this out. Brandon says Timcast IRL is a Oh, skip ahead a few minutes. Because you know he's going to go through all of them. Yeah, right around. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, right around there. Play right there. <laughs> this was the most liked. This Look at this. Yeah, People said you are the winner, in my estimation, at least, and yep. the most likes. Yep, it had the most likes. So Tim even looks uh, younger won. there. The, the, yeah. the, the audience, popular opinion. the popular yeah. opinion one. Yep. And to be honest, this was one of the first that was sent to me and we thought it was one of the best as well. Yeah, yeah. But then when, when Adam went through it and said, this is the most likes, we were like, well, that's the winner. Yep. Yeah. So we got to pick different ones. Mm -hmm. Great. Meeting. However, as much as we are um, greatly impressed with all of your work, <laughs> one, one meme has been risen above the rest. above them all. <laughs> one meme, meme to Amazing. rule them all. One meme it's to rule the them all. standard. We, Look at get this. ready for this. Look this is from at Chet Chisholm. Oh, at, that's at, I believe it's I Chexy or maybe L Chexy. Yes. It says, this was a labor of love. I present you the front page of the Crigsville Chronicle. I emailed it to you too. <laughs> yes. My <laughs> stars and garters. This is incredible. Oh, my Look Lanta. at this. The Crigsville Chronicle to the skies. Harumfenberg departs on maiden flight. It is the Hindenburg, but he form fit the graphic onto it. And it says <laughs> yep. Harumfenberg. Look down here. At this picture of me with a monocle and it says media mogul to detractors harumph now hold on i'm gonna read this here. can you yeah, read can, it can, can you read it I'm, pull, it I'm pulling it close i don't know if all you right. can read it but I'm, I'm gonna read the paper to you guys right now i got my monitor close up all right so gentleman broadcaster and wheeled plank enthusiast baron bonvini took to the skies today aboard his newly completed radio zeppelin Harumphenberg, <laughs> equipped with the latest in broadcast technology and crewed by some of the finest in the industry. The team, along with their fe uh, feline companion, Bucko, <laughs> seems to dispatch the latest and most up-to-date news to the people of America and beyond. Philadelphia starlet and radio personality Lydia Sourpatch had this <laughs> to say. 
Oh, my stars and garters. <laughs> this will revolutionize the way we can deliver current affairs. When asked how this marvel of a machine was able to take flight, Baron Von Beanie informed the Chronicle that it was through vegan ingenuity. Dr. Krigler is our lead scientist and engineer on the project. It was through vegan science and engineering he was able to refine chow cheese in such a way that he was able to produce large volumes of near odorless gas <laughs> that we use to inflate the cells within the uh, airship. Without his genius, we never would have gotten off the ground. He truly is a messiah in his field. The story continues on page two. Harumphenberg to the skies. Now, wow. now listen, listen. I Beyond the, the craftsmanship. My jaw at the ground. It's still in the other room Listen, where I first saw this. Chet, the Me craftsmanship wow. was incredible. The commitment. But it mentions a bunch of specific things that are really, really well-researched. Yeah. Chet watches the show. Yeah, well, you mentioned, you mentioned the Zeppelin thing about me. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Which is where, for like seven years, Wikipedia claimed <laughs> I invented a Zeppelin. Which is amazing, by the way. Mentioning, I don't want to let go of that. But, but also the joke about Adam farting, farts not smelling, <laughs> yeah. was really, really spot on. You must really watch the show. Seriously. So Chet, this is for you, my friend. This, this board, this delicious, amazing harump board. Congratulations, yeah, seriously. Man. And you know what? We should throw in a t-shirt. I don't know. I, 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 whatever else we, you know, we'll throw whatever. I'll, I'll jump in the box. So. And I think <laughs> I think we're gonna make this a poster. I, I think, think so. I want I think he emailed it to me. Um, but uh wow, I want it on my wall. I, I want it well, on I'm my wall. It's amazing. We'll put it up. Yeah, that's it's, awesome. it is incredible and fantastic them. job. So uh wow. Chat Yeah, that was cool, man. That was cool. Did and they didn't make a poster yet, right? No, it was unfortunately soon after. No, can that. you? Oh yeah, I I have all the files. Like, um, I made and like I was gonna do it like as a regular thing, but everything kind of mm -hmm. fell apart because uh, Tim and Adam and Lydia had their falling out. Maybe like two or three weeks later. And maybe so the you whole caused thing. It. I I know what happened. Um, okay. I off oh, well, Uh, I um, I was. I was brought into the like Adam, Adam and I talk on occasion. Like, like he's on my Steam friends list. Like we've played games together and stuff. Like, oh cool. Yeah, like we played Valheim and shit together. Um, but uh, yeah, he's super cool. But like, um, it unfortunately things fell apart and a lot of things went sideways. That was that was three years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, but um, um, so where was I? So yeah, that's. That's that was kind of like my contact with him, and like I, um, I was in touch with uh, Sargon of God, um, um, Carl Benjamin. If you're familiar, podcast of the Lotus Eaters nope. as well. Um, a lot of people would know him. He's a kind of a big podcast guy in uh, the UK. Uh, he's yeah. kind of like when I became got into politics. Like or took an interest in politics, like in my early thirties, is kind of when I discovered uh, his content. He's been on with like Tim Pool. He's been on Joe Rogan. Viva has had him on a few times. Um, but like I would just well, he needs to get the full set and come on here. Yeah, like I would, uh, like I would say, like I politically, like I would align kind of like where like Sargon and like Tim and them are. It's like the classical English liberal. Um, certainly not one of the libs. Those people are crazy and communists, um, but like like old school like liberalism is kind of where I 
sit, which I guess is, and today's standard is a modern conservative, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's all nonsense now. It's, um, but uh, I kind of reached out and talked to those guys about some things and um, tried. And the big thing I was trying to do during this time was stay on top of what was going on with COVID. Like, how do we treat and help these people? Because mm -hmm. I, I saw two things. I saw one side that was freaking out and losing their minds. Um, it's like the, the, the end is nigh. We're all dead. I'm like, well, no, we're not. And then you had the other side said like, oh, well, this affects old people. Fuck old people. Let them die. It's like, no, you're a piece of shit, too. Yep. Um, we need to help these people. And um, I, I got off social media very early on in the pandemic because I had friends of mine. Um, um, and uh, one of them, uh, uh, his mom is a, is a retired nurse and uh she was she volunteered to go back to work when the pandemic happened and went to work in one of the old folks long-term care facilities like the one that got like slammed with covid that like like people a lot of people like it went through there and killed a bunch of people unfortunately and like i remember this group of friends is like oh my god what's she doing like she's gonna bring that home and like how it, that's so um irresponsible and blah blah, blah. you're gonna give it to your family I was like what the hell are you talking about man like what your mom is doing is noble like she came out of retirement to go help these people. Like, like the way you're talking is disgusting. Like, and like, uh, just like, I'm not dealing with this stuff. I'm just going to check out from social media. I'm going to learn how this thing works, learn how to treat it. Like dug into like how ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine work. Cause like, I'm going to, I'm trying to go back to work and I'm going to be dealing with this firsthand. And like, it's our job to help these people. Like I would, I would have volunteered to work in like a COVID unit. No problem. Um, and, um, anyways, we roll around to December, 2020, January, 2021. And, um, uh, that's when the vaccines roll out mm -hmm. and I had been following it and learned as much as I could. And, uh, eventually, and I was eligible first because I'm a medical professional right. and I said, no, thank you. I'm all right. I'm off work. I'm not dealing with COVID patients. Um, I there's like if let's set what we know aside now for a mm -hmm. second like and if you're gonna give this to anybody and there's only limited quantities give it to the people who need it I don't need it that was, that was my young, at the time too yeah yeah like I'll, I'm young I'm healthy I'm not even at work dealing with this I don't I'm I'm good man like yeah give it to other people first give it give it to like your little old ladies who have like compromised immune systems and stuff like that's limited supply give it to the essential yeah and um uh so i said no and kind of watched it and kept an eye on like is there anything bad about this and the only information you could get is some people would have uh allergic reactions to it which is the same for any medication or mm -hmm. vaccine uh there was a risk of guillain barre syndrome which and they said and they um it can cause like facial paralysis and stuff. It's uh, is it a type of Bell palsy or along that Bell's line? Bell palsy or? is another thing. Guillain Barre is similar. I'm here. Let me pull it up so I'm not saying the wrong thing. Sure. And a friend just popped in. Hello, friend. Hi, friend. Hey. Peace. Uh, Guillain Barre syndrome happens when a person's own immune system harms their body's nerves. This harm causes muscle weakness and sometimes paralysis. 
Um, so what causes and, that? Something attaches to the nerve and the body attacks it? Yeah, so your immune system like attacks the actual nerves in your body. Um, it sees it as foreign for some reason. Yeah. Well, why? I couldn't tell you offhand. I could get okay. you the answer. Um, okay. But anyways, like these were the only things that were kind of presented as like, hey, these are the the uh, the um, possible side effects. And I got noticed from work. Or work didn't contact me. They, uh, I got a text from a friend from work and saying, "Hey, I asked. It's like, hey, I've been off work. Yeah, yes, it is more severe than Bell's palsy. Bell's palsy does okay. in your face. Guillain-Barré can be like your whole body. It can be life-threatening too. But um, they had said it was so rare um, that, like, they said it was like a one in a million thing. And yeah." Um, but a friend of mine said, like, yeah, I asked, like, hey, did they fill my position at work? And they said, yeah, your full-time spot has been filled. So they, and I was like, well, I got to get back to work because you're only allowed this much time um, to get back to work when you're on WCB. Otherwise, you lose your job. Mm -hmm. and so, um, oh, and it's worth, I forgot to mention this, but on the first day of lockdowns, um was supposed to be my first day of EMGR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprogramming, which is a really good uh, treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder, which helps you like mm -hmm. process it. And they said, hey, if we do this for a couple of weeks, you'll probably be good to go and go back to work. My first day of that was the first day of lockdown. So it got canceled indefinitely. And it's been th over three years and uh, it's, it's everything's still canceled. Um, and so, um, anyways, just was just gonna like, cause like time was running out. It's like I gotta get back to work. Cause hearing from friends, like things are falling apart. Um, I'll comment. I'll show you some of that here in a minute. Um, and I was gonna lose my job um, just before. Like they even they even were like threatening me with mandates. So I got vaccinated in May and um, ended up with pericarditis. Um, Developed. How quickly? Well, I felt pretty crappy uh, right after, so I uh, I got really tired afterwards and just thought like, well, this is normal. And like I've gotten vaccinated with everything else because you had to for work, right? And I I usually get run down and sleep for uh, Guillain-Barre, not necessarily no. Um, but uh, just attributed to that is just my immune system kicking in and it didn't go away. And like a couple mm -hmm. days go by and I started getting short of breath. This was winded doing everything. And like, I would take a shower and go like make breakfast. And I'd be like, I gotta sit down. Like, and like, this is not normal. And um, then I started developing chest pain and eventually like I was out in the yard trying to help my dad with something and collapsed in the yard uh, and dad had to rush me to the hospital and I landed in the emergency room three times. Um, and, uh, uh, each time, like when I went in, it's like, I talked to like the triage nurse and like, and everybody knows me there. And it's like, this is what's going on. Like I'm short of breath. I'm having chest pain. It gets worse when I lay on my back. Um, it's doesn't get worse when you palpate it. It's basically, I have, here's my textbook pericarditis symptoms. I think I have myocarditis and pericarditis and the nurse was like after like wrote do, like doing all the tests like yeah i think you're right um and then the doctor's like no i think it's esophageal spasms sent me home doesn't give you anything for pain or anything and had that happen three times 
Um, and eventually I was like, I want to see my blood work and I want to see my EKGs. And um, I got them. And I've talked when, when I was talking to Dr. Peter McCullough, he was even said like, wow, you're describing textbook pericarditis. It's like, yeah, all that's mm -hmm. right here in the EKGs. Um, and I can pull this up. Oh, here, I'll do my, I'll tell you my blood work thing first. One sec. Hi, Morgan. Have you been listening to the first half? I was. While oh, I was dealing with dramatic. Well, and you know, I was going to say every time I hear Chet's story, there's like a whole new terrible layer to to it that I hadn't previously heard. Yeah. And I I've only I'm skimming it, trying to trying to I'm sure that you always do, as as does anyone who has kind of these layered crazy stories. I was gonna mm -hmm. tell you, um for when you do run into an appeal process with the Human Rights Commission, which is unfortunately inevitable, um, I do have contact information for the person who is in charge of those appeals. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at with my human rights complaints is moving into that next phase, the appeal phase. Because as we know, there were, there's usually um, since COVID, eight, around 8,000 human rights complaints a year in Nova Scotia and 30 of those maybe move on to the next to, to potentially, you know, yeah. being heard out. Yeah. Mine's at the stage where it's actually being heard the one against Holland college. Um, Cause Holland college want to try to sit and have an in, informal resolution with me first, because they know things went sideways. Um, mm -hmm. And I only skimmed it, yeah. but um, I'll give you, so this, this is one of my reference books. Um, I smile because I'm a snarky piece of shit and I know I'm right. <laughs> yeah. um, so in um, this, this is all for like blood work and stuff. Um, so I talked about this before, uh, like my LDH, which is your lactase dehydrogenase. Is, it's an enzyme. So I'm just going to read to you out of this and I'll, uh, I'll tell you, and then I'll tell you what mine was. So this enzyme is significant in the conversion of lactic acid to peruvic acid and is the primary step in glycolysis, which is like the breakdown of sugars and the using of sugars okay. for energy and stuff. Uh, LDH increases if there is tissue damage and thus can be measured and can be used to measure the levels of a cardiac condition. There are five isomers, LDH one through five, LDH is in the heart, blah, 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 blah. The typical values are between 140 and 280 units per liter. And the total LDH rises between two to five days after uh, an MI, which is a heart attack. And the elevated levels last for 10 days. Um, blah, blah, blah. Anyways. Um, so what it does is because it's used in a lot of your cells, if you get a bunch of tissue damage, You'll get a bunch of it. Dump, your cells will dump their guts into your um, into your uh, bloodstream, and so it's it's like a non-specific biomarker for tissue injury. And okay. so the normal range is one twenty to two forty. Mine was in the five hundreds, and then went into the six hundreds, and was going up over weeks. Um, 
So, and that's, which, that's measuring the, the cells that are dumping themselves. So you can, yeah. So that? you're seeing tissue injury because you're so seeing you have this lots stuff of tissue damage. Yeah. So there's lots of tissue damage and this was ignored. And I asked why this was being ignored. And, um, the other thing that was in my EKGs, um, and I'll, I'll bring these up and like, I can show you quickly and explain. We're going to look at you your V1s on this. What's that? Are we going to look at your V1? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll explain what I'm we're trying to sound at. smart right now. Um, and so let's go. I had a crash okay. course right before here. There we go. So I'm going to show you a few things here. So this, this here is just a normal EKG. We're going to look at this portion. So you have what's called a P wave, a QRS complex and a T wave. This, what an EKG is, is it's the electrical activity being measured on a graph of, in your heart. The P wave right here, this first one, is when your atria contracts. So the upper chambers of your heart, when they squeeze and they push blood into your lower chambers, into your ventricles. Mm -hmm. Then you have a brief pause. Then this happens, which is your QRS complex, which is when your ventricles squeeze and your atria relaxes. So your blood is getting squeezed out. And then this last bump, Oops. Right here is your uh, T wave, and it's when your ventricles relax. So normally it looks like this: you have a bump, a flat bit, the spiky thing, a flat bit, and a bump. Um, in pericarditis, we get what's called PR depression. So where that P between that flat. P and QRS complex, it'll drop down below. You have ST elevation where between the S and T, it raises up. And then you have another thing called, where is it at here? Spodic sign, where after the T wave, you get this downward slope. So mm -hmm. I know that's a little bit much right now, but I'm just going to show you where I'm at here. Is that a veteran for freedom cup or mug? It is. <laughs> I saw the logo. I'm like, there I it have is. a little collection now. <laughs> yeah. We have Drew on next week on the 6th, I think it is. I saw seventh. it. I'm starting to share that. Seventh, That'll yeah. be great. He's so great. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I've spoken to Adam Cabana. or No, Alex Cabana. Alex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Adam. Yeah. I'm just mixing up names right now. But Alex Cabana. <laughs> and yeah, I'm going to speak to Drew too. I'm, I'm really stoked about that. Chet, remind me. I would love for you to look at my EKG sometime. Nothing ever came out of it. I get chest pain from my rheumatoid arthritis and i mm -hmm. assume it's some sort of pulmonary fibrosis or something like that but who knows when you have inflammation uh, in your it's, joints, it's usually you, in your and you can get inflammation right in your rib right on your rib cage too because like right where your your sternum connects to your rib cage is like cartilage and right in here um you can get inflammation in there uh it's often scares people because it's right over your heart but you can usually, you can, one of the ways, and this isn't guaranteed, one of the ways you can kind of start to figure out what it is, is if you push on it, it'll hurt. Okay. Like if you're having a heart attack and you push, it doesn't change. Okay. Because you're not pushing hard. It's, your heart is in pain because it's being deprived of nutrients and it's starting to die and stuff. But um, yeah, I'll, tr I'll try that actually. I, it usually just catches my breath and I'll, if I'm taking yeah. a deep breath, yeah. Um, 
But to give the example of what I was talking about before, I'm going to use this one as a good example. Or right, here, we'll start with this, because I think everyone who doesn't even have um, any cardiac cardiology training can read what this says. Possible left atrial enlargement. I think that's pretty clear as day. You can see it in the EKG. I'll explain how that works. But it's written right there. As in, this portion of my heart is enlarged, which was never there before. And I have previous EKGs where it shows that it wasn't. Right. Um, I had talked about a couple things about um, PR depression, where things drop down. I can have a line here. And I know this is probably a bit Greek to some people. Yeah, hang out, folks. It'll make sense in the end. If you slap a line on there, it's not great because, but like, it dips down. You have your PR depression there. This should be flat here. Mm -hmm. It's your ST elevation, and then if we look, oh. It's hard to move around to that. And then, yeah, it's better here, actually. You can see where this should be flat. It's angled. That's that spodic sign again. It's all there. Yeah. Anyone who's a nurse or a paramedic or anything can look at this. Like, I've shown it to, like, Scarlett Martin and a few other paramedics. And, like, yeah, it's clear as day. We can all see it clear as day. But And you can see it right here. You can see that PR depression. Like, if I grab this line and move it, it'll let me move it. You see how that drops down below? Mm -hmm. It's not supposed to. Not that big. Anyways. And that's indicating a different amount of electricity it's, being used. Yeah, it's what what all these things point to is um, you have um, when your cells are acting as they um, when they're working properly and you're getting them to do what they need to do they're going to do it in a set rhythm and it's going to show the same picture every time, right? It should be the same shape. It should always look like that, that image I showed like a just standard EKG before. Like, mm -hmm. um, but once you start getting injury to those cells and they can't do their job, right? The graph's going to shift. It's the way I like to explain it is imagine you're um, drawing a graph of your car driving to work and back. If there's no problems with the road, no problems with your car, that graph's going to look the same way every day, so long mm -hmm. as nothing changes. However, if you get a flat tire, that graph's going to look different. Or mm -hmm. if there's construction and you got to go around, or um, congestion maybe the weather's slowing down. Yeah, congestion or the weather's bad. That's going to change. The graph's going to change. It's the same idea in your heart. As as things go wrong, you're going to have um, you're going to see changes, and that's what we look for. We look for it in like heart attacks and stuff because you'd see like. Um, you see, you see the lines change. Um, anyways, I brought this up to my family physicians. Like this is, like this is pericarditis. This is what this looks like to me. Um, like it's all there. My concerns about my blood work. I want to know why this isn't being addressed. And the response I got was, "You need to shut the fuck up." Paramedics aren't trained to read EKGs. I don't care what it is you think you see. We're not entertaining this rabbit hole. And we're not doing this any, we're not going any further with this. Yeah, he knew and shut it down. Yeah. Yep. And like I've 
was in to see like a doc with like WCB for like my PTSD. And it's like, Hey, I'm having issues. Here's my blood work. Here's my EKGs as well. as on top of the PTSD. And he's like, well, there's something there. I'm like, mm-hmm. and nothing. This wooden, mm. this wooden bite. Um, and then it was going on and it was getting really, really sick for months and months and months. Um, and we fast forward to about January of 2022. I think that's that's when the convoy was, wasn't it? Yep, January. Yeah. The end of January. Um, I, uh, I, got, I was contacted by one of my good friends. He's a paramedic in Moncton. And he said, hey, man, like, um, um, we were talking about what happened to you. And, oh, thank you, Linda. I could, I could teach it better, but I don't want, uh, we'd be here all night. Um, and, uh, uh, he, he reached out to me and he said like, Hey, we talked about, we were talking about what happened and, uh, it was in the hallway at the hospital in the emerge in the hospital in Moncton. And, uh, one of the other crews piped up and was like, yeah, we just had three kids with that in the last Damn couple it. weeks. And the other one of the other crew said, "Yeah, we had one too. These are like like when I say kids, I mean like teenagers, like early twenties." Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I um, and uh, it was like it was kind of like, and like so Moncton has a, like eighty thousand people, and so to have four four kids in the span of like a couple weeks uh, present to the emergency room by ambulance with myocarditis or pericarditis, um, they, uh, like, that's unheard of. Like, we, uh, like, we don't... I could bet you even one would freak you out. Yeah, one would freak out. I've never, I've never seen myocarditis in my entire career, ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know of one person who I suspect um, may have died from it, um, but that's the only one I know. Like, I, like I've never seen it. Like, um, for that to happen in a population of 80,000 people and for it to all land on two ambulance crews and um, for it to be at the stage where that uh, it was concerning enough that they went in by ambulance. Like that's a lot of things to line up like um, to like that, that's, that's, that's virtual, like under normal circumstances, that's virtually impossible. Correct. Like the IWK, the Children's Hospital in Halifax, prior to all of this, um, would see like maybe half a dozen cases of myocarditis in a year, and like that's in that's in Halifax, like that's like a popular a city of like half a million people, and well, like they kind of cover like the whole whole province anyway. But mm-hmm. um, and so like it was in that moment, like and like I had been tell I told Adam what happened, I told like Carl Benjamin and those guys what happened, like to me and kind of like was trying to warn people and was, you know, people were told me I was crazy and, you know, like I called a Nazi and everything. And, um, it was in that moment. It's, incre- it's, it's incredible how fast they know what is not. Yeah. How fast they know what people, is not. Yeah, people it's not who, yeah. this. We know how quickly that, yeah. that is. People who aren't even like medical professionals. Like I had, I had people like, um, I'll put it in the like chat. Bob I'm not going to say family. who. Yeah, Bob yeah. Saget's family came out before the autopsy and said it wasn't a vaccine-related death. Don't worry. Like, how do you yeah. know of all people? Yeah, the person I put in the chat—I don't don't say it. Um, that 
that individual told me that I wasn't a medical professional. So Sorry, that, that person in the chat? I put it in the oh, private okay. chat. Yeah. That individual. Oh, wow. To me and told me I was not a medical professional. I didn't know what I was talking about. And like would rent on about how pathetic I was and stuff. And I'm just so, going to ask, is this the first time that that kind of thing happened? Or is this a yeah. pattern with this person? Yeah. No, it's the first time. Oh, wow. Um, uh, I got that from other people, too. So, yeah. So, that's... Uh, I'm not going to say more than that. Anything repaired since then? Or are we still on the yeah. same path? Yeah. Um, but, well, uh, since then, they watched and the national citizens inquiry correct yeah well people started to learn more and pay yeah, attention some people more okay. that you know who you know kind of shit on me watch the nci and kind of their their eyes are being pried open slowly um okay. well the, but, but like you were explaining before you had that switch that was broken for you yeah so do they so do they, so they do have I. different traumatic it's where switch. i showed those neurons it's basically mm -hmm. People have been rewired. Correct. This has been so that's why you and, can't and, hate. Yeah, and so like you need, you need. It's like, it's almost like, like how hard is it to break a bad habit or muscle memory that's bad? Like if you, like say you have like bad technique, um, skateboarding or um, playing guitar, and you have like bad technique because that's the way you learned. It takes a long time to break that. Imagine yeah. if like it's a trauma response, and that's what you're dealing with. And like I, I showed mm -hmm. the neurons, like it, it actually, it's a physical thing that happens. Uh, so you, you, they need to, you need to rewire it. It's, it's crazy. But um, I, uh, when that happened, uh, when I was told that by my buddy, I made the decision I'm going to go to Ottawa because the trucks had just left, and so I started packing. The Jeep and getting ready. Um, I will show you something fun. Um, so this, I didn't make it to Ottawa, unfortunately. I got too sick on the way. Um, but this was my sign. Oh. Hmm. Oh. Good um, art. Can we say yeah. that? Good art. Like you <laughs> made that art. Yeah. Yeah, I made that. Put that um, on it's all it's all made it's all made something. it's all made out of individual pieces and stuff and drew it up but that was i this before i waterproofed it um and um like it took me like a week to get the jeep ready and stuff because i was just so god sick and um i um the first day i uh uh i made it to moncton from mm -hmm. anaganish uh and stayed at my buddy house and um rested there for the night and then the next day i got to edmonston which is just on the quebec border and like it took me all day to get there because weather was bad i would drive for maybe an hour and i'd have to pull over for a couple hours and rest and sleep because i had like crush and chest pain i was sick as a dog and out of breath i wasn't allowed to go in anywhere because i was only vaccinated once um so like um you couldn't sit down in a restaurant and grab a bite to eat uh, you can only go into like the Irving or like a gas station use the washroom and then you had to leave. Um, but I got to the Quebec border and I had to turn around and go back. Cause the goal was I was going to go there and I was going to find Viva cause he was live streaming it. And I was going to mm -hmm. find him. I was going to tell him what happened, tell him what I knew. Cause like I had known other people like my, my whistleblower from the Canadian forces got myocarditis cause they got forced to take it. Um, 
a third of their unit, like they, they're an officer and they command about three dozen people and about a third of their uh, guys and girls got injured, whether it was myocarditis, pericarditis, blood clots, uh, severe anaphylaxis to contents of the vaccine. Like they were all, it is wild. Like I was just kept hearing from more and more people. Um, and I was just going to tell them and, uh, I didn't make it. I had to stop, um, and had to turn around and go back home. Um, and so I, uh, I helped like the guys on the Lotus eaters, like Carl Benjamin Sargon's podcast, like kind of debunk some of the stuff they were saying about the, uh, the, the convoy. Cause like the people were saying like, Oh, well they're blocking ambulances from getting to the hospital or getting to the cath lab. Um, which is nonsense because I blocked off a couple blocks around parliament and mm -hmm. I know Ottawa and the hospital is on the other side of the city. Like there's no way, like if, if a paramedic got stuck taking a cardiac patient to the cath lab um, because of the convoy, why did they go through parliament Hill is my question. <laughs> and like, and let's not even get started on how they roadblock themselves by denying unvaccinated nurses to work. So yeah, they, they, exactly. They cock themselves. Yeah. And so like they were just lying <laughs> about that. That's a medical um, term. <laughs> it have, is. Yeah. It's a, uh, I will, I'll share with you a funny clip from because i was featured on their podcast every so often uh i'll show you something funny from that just to break up the drudgery of how miserable all of this is and, and then after that if you don't mind we can kind then of i want to talk about your treatment. Your, the treatment yeah. too and including finding your friends that, that helped in your treatment yeah yeah and we'll, um so i will share this because this is funny Boop. You don't have any audio from you? Oh, there's no audio? No. Uh, how do I get the audio to work? Oh, for sharing screen, you need to put that video in a browser tab, and then you can the audio. Oh, uh, okay. So well, well the, the joke is that there's no audio to the joke, but it's Justin Trudeau going, we are going to declare the Emergencies Act and blah, blah, blah. And then, blah, 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 blah. We are going to declare the Emergencies Act. Let me be clear. Did you catch Justin it? Trudeau Justin Trudeau can't? Justin Trudeau is a cunt. Oh, <laughs> <I'm> okay. <laughs> Here, I'll pull oh, it up for you. Sure. There you go. C-O-N-T. Yeah. C-U-N-T. <laughs> see you next Tuesday. I see you moved your flag um, upside down, but you re 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 put it back. Yeah, I got called window. a Nazi for that, actually. Um, a friend of mine called me a Nazi because I... Uh, I was uh, called I a Nazi in traffic today. <laughs> Are you yeah, a traffic like Nazi? I, I didn't know I that. Had yeah. A man, a man, like, went out of his way to pull up beside me in a one lane, and he rolled his window down, and flipped me the bird and called me a fascist and a Nazi because of my Save Canada bumper sticker. No. <laughs> no. To which I was like, I am one of the founders of Save Canada, and I think you have a very skewed idea of what it is, sir. And please learn how to drive. 
<laughs> a little driving lesson. Yeah. He, he moved down to a class four, that guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any, anyways, like I didn't, I wasn't able to join the convoy. Um, and it, it's probably for the better that I didn't because I was really sick at that point and I would not have been able to handle it. Uh, especially because I would have, they probably would have beat the crap out of me like they did Chris Deering. Because, like, I had my medic jacket and stuff, and I was going to stand right there on the front and go, This is what you're, I'm just sit there and tell the truth. Mm -hmm. And um, when that was over, James started walk, uh, marching, and um, I was part of the Canada Marches panel in Ottawa. I spoke as part of that. Um, I spoke to Steve Kirsch and a number of other people. Um, and I'll show you. Then this about a year, this actually about a year ago. Um, I said I was invited by James to come and speak to him because uh, he wanted to talk to me because uh, mm. of everything I knew. Um, we talked for many many hours. Um, of course. And um, you know you've done the right thing when James Top seeks you out and wants to thank you for your service to your country. Mm. So it was a pretty, pretty big day. Um, that was at uh, Jeremy's friend Tyson's place at uh, RCR, Real Canadian Recreation. Um, and it was, it's a PTSD retreat for uh, veterans and first responders. And it was being there was like the first time in several years. Um, it felt like anybody gave a shit about me. So mm. um, I had a good conversation with James, with, uh, with Jake, Sammy, um, Christian, uh, me and Alex Cabana talked quite a bit. This is where I met Jeremy. Um, I just went up to him and it's like, people ask like, how do you know all these people? It's like, well, I just went up to them and I said, hi. And I shake mm -hmm. their hand. Um, mm -hmm. And um, in that picture there, um, James is holding this. I'll show you. When I kill that, it's here. Oh, wow. That is that is my grandfather's victory in Europe pin, because James and I were talking about how this how this price has already been paid. We shouldn't be going through this. I see Sally's asking how James Top is doing. Um, yeah, me. I was wondering the same from thing. From what I understand, That's yeah, from people who have been talking to him, I think he he's doing okay. Um, he's he has pulled back quite a bit on his, I think he's taking his lawyer's advice and so abstaining from fundraising and really, I, I think he poured his heart and soul into his endeavor. I know he was exhausted obviously by the end of it. And so yeah. I just hope that, I hope that he doesn't feel, have any regrets. What he did was so important it meant so much to so many people and also brought a lot more awareness than he probably even realizes. Mm -hmm. Not enough, obviously. I mean, uh, the story was buried by yeah. mainstream, of course, but I know James, uh, cause he wanted to take a step back. And so that, that conversation with James is recorded. I have it, uh, but I won't put it anywhere because, um, uh, James wanted to go off the radar and mm -hmm. I'm going to respect his wishes. I share that picture because I like that picture. But um, yeah. the, our, our conversation is, it's 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 private. there, but it's private. 
because um, he was gonna he was gonna do that. He was gonna he had planned to interview a number of people, um, and I was the first. And um, mm. at the end, he was just I know how tired he was and having a hard time. And like at the end of it, I remember I think he told Viva he's like, dude, I just want to go home, put my feet up, and play video games. Like that's what I want to do right now. Um, what game do you think he plays? Oh, I don't know. Because he he, he, had, like he was Mario or something. Um, I think he Pulls said he liked the, Battlefield uh, and stuff. Nintendo. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, he, has, he has a PlayStation Five. Um, mm. I can but, hear. Uh, I can just hear him saying, "I'm James T, bitch." Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, it was. It's it was James pretty, T. He's here. Yeah. It was a <laughs> the pretty top big day. Yeah. Yeah, it's like uh, Chappelle. I'm Rick James, right? I'm James T, bitch. <laughs> um, James, James seeking me out and like asking for me by yeah. name meant a lot to me. Um, and it's like how I connected to Jeremy and ultimately how Morgan and I would later later go on to meet. Um, unfortunately, and this is this is not my story to tell, but Tyson uh, would pass away about a week later, and unfortunately, we would all be back there again. Um, saying goodbye. A year. Yeah, it's been a year now. Um, because this this that picture was from like August 29th or something. Yeah. And um, Two days. um yeah. yeah. Hmm. And I didn't. I didn't know Tyson, but I his aunt and uncle were my um, next door neighbors all growing up, and um, it was. It was. It meant something to be invited in, onto into his home, and then for someone who to take all of um, everything he'd been through, and to his what he wanted to do was to to make something for those of us who were suffering from PTSD. That somewhere we would have to go, where you feel like you were at home, and um, be around people who understood. And it was the first time, like, and like I had been off for three years at that point, and. Um, it was the first time I felt like I was actually heard and listened to because like, like my friends didn't get it and like um, family didn't get it. And like, this, it's especially talking to Alex Cabana because like he, he really gets it. He's awesome. He's awesome. Uh, yeah. He is awesome. But uh, after that, uh, I was recruited into the National Citizens Inquiry. Um, I, um, I, uh, I've been on with no numerous people. I've been on with Alex. I've been on with Diva talking about this type of thing. Um, and um, I have a video we can watch if you want to listen to want to listen to somebody else besides me talk. I, I can pull the thing. No, it's your episode, man. We're here for um, you. I'd like to know how you how you met Viva and how you built that strong re relationship because just as you mentioned, it was kind of neat that James Top reached out to you. I have a minor, minor, minor version of that, like minor, minor. Uh, when Viva reached out to me because you mentioned to him that my channel was deleted. So I get a text from yeah. Viva. He's like, oh, Chet told me your channel's deleted. What heck, heck, what happened? Send me a tweet. I'm going to blow how, this up. How did you. I meet Viva? Yeah. I messaged <laughs> him and said, hi. It's the same way I got I... to do him too, but yeah. Yeah, this is who I am. <laughs> I would. I, I, my name's Chet. I'm a paramedic. I would like to help. I do the exact same thing I do at work. I go in and go, hey, my name's Chet. What's going on? We're here to help you. And so I. Well, he likes you because you guys have. Yeah, he does. Uh, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's but like, I guy. just. <laughs> yeah, I, I was always like a commenter, like kind of like on like his podcast and stuff. So he always mm -hmm. knew who I was. One thing that like 
one of the cool moments in the pandemic that I actually got to, and this is, and he, I don't doubt he remembers this, but um, I, um, I reached out to Brett Weinstein and Heather Hying on their podcast, and I would kind of comment here and there. Um, and I had messaged them and told them about what had happened with the Canadian forces and how they came back. How that's how from the games. COVID came back from the games. And I told them that. And then on the last episode that he was on with Joe Rogan, Brett Weinstein was talking to Joe Rogan about how it came, came to, came to Canada with the Canadian forces. And I was like, that's cool. Like it's, let's like, it doesn't like, ultimately like it doesn't matter. Like it's not like, it's just, it just shows that like what I try, set out to do is working. With the so butterfly like, effect, you, you yeah, see like I'm, I'm, things happen. Yeah, I just I was able to reach people and I was able to get the message across. And like I, I talked a lot, lot of people out of getting the vaccine real quick that were thinking mm-hmm. about it and got like proper information to people. Uh, when I was able to get it, I didn't have it all. I didn't get it all right all the time. But like you, you do the best you can with what you got in front of you, right? Um, but. Um, with the NC, I testified at the NCI. Um, like even that was like I ran into problems there because there, and I, I won't say who, but like there was there was a doctor who tried to get me removed from the witness list and stuff. Said I wasn't credible. Said I didn't know what I was talking about. Um, the same. I'm gonna I'm gonna read you something because I got a message okay. from the same doctor just to give you an idea what we deal with as medics because um, there's doctors that like us. And then there's doctors that despise us because we step on their toes and they don't like that. Yeah. Paralegals get the same thing with lawyers. Some of them are great. Some of them are not. Yeah. They hate us. And so I, I, so because I had been off work, I had asked like, Hey, can I, I need to like get help. I need to get my blue cross form signed and stuff saying like, Hey, I've got PTSD. That's why I'm off work. So I can keep my medical benefits because they're supposed to carry till like I'm 65. And Mm -hmm. I had reached out to um, one of these docs and um the the message i got was in response and i'm going to read this to you is hey sorry before i do any of that i need to review your file in general i wouldn't support people being off for work for ptsd in the paramedical or er realm it is a job that many people don't do for long because of the unique stressors but the solution is to change jobs not to stay off on leave i can't say i've ever supported disability for a paramedic for ptsd wow yeah, so I've since I've since lost my like medical benefits that I'm supposed to have, and like, <laughs> um, uh, the Christmas leading like of twenty twenty two, I got a letter in the mail, and I'm gonna show you this. I won't show you the names on it because except for mine. Um, so I got this. Is it? Mm-hmm. Certificate so this is, of appreciation presented. Ten years service as a paramedic, providing care to Nova Scotians. Congratulations, Chet. Congratulations, Chet. How does wanna, it feel? <laughs> you want to see what else came in that in that um, in that uh, envelope? I think Morgan knows what it is. I had it here. Here we go. What do I do with it? Two seconds. <laughs> And where did you meet Chet? You got it? Oh, yeah. 
This here. This is the letter they fired me. Oh, well, you got your 10 years and then boom. Nice. Yeah. Um, this is letters to continuation of our correspondence to you dated March 2nd, 2021. No letter exists. As of today, you have not been clear, cleared by your medical uh, by your healthcare team, and we've exhausted all options and attempts on our duty to accommodate your ability to return to work. They didn't do anything. They haven't spoken to me in three years. Mm -hmm. um, this is to formally notify you of any your change of employment with Emergency Medical Care Incorporated. And regret to the necessity the, regret the necessity to end the employment relationship under these circumstances. Yeah. So you, yeah, man. In the same envelope as this fucking thing. I want to use and, a lot of words too, but it, brother. Um, mm. yeah. So, um, I testify at the NCI, as you know, I helped, I helped set it up in Nova Scotia. Um, I'm going to, I'll show you when Morgan and I met because this pertains yeah. to it. Is this the right one? Yeah, and then I know you've tried some some things that have helped with your. They certainly have. Symptoms. They actually, yeah. Um. So, in January, I think it was of this year, uh, Nova Scotia government held like healthcare, like Q and A type stuff. Um. And so Morgan and I went and asked some questions, and this is their response. Is that audio working? Uh, it doesn't sound like it yet. Well, no. No. Here. I'm going to do... I'll do this, because... There you go. Okay. I should be able to bring it up. One moment. So... Um, while you're getting that ready, I don't remember who this lady is. This is Michelle Thompson. She's the health minister in Nova Scotia. This is Tim Houston. He's the premier. And this is Karen Oldfield. Oldfield. And she is the president and CEO of Nova Scotia Health. Everyone, but got some in the back here first. Thank you. I want to thank you for having us. Uh, there is a bit of a preamble to my question. In my opinion, this province is unfortunately violating laws and acts that run our society. Mandates are not law, according to Black's Law Dictionary. They are merely recommendations. There are violations of the Personal Health Information Act, the Ch Canadian Charter of Rights, Section 7, the Canadian Bill of Rights, the Canadian Genetic Non-Discrimination Act by Force Testing Employees and the Nova Scotia Human Rights Act in regards to discrimination based on a protected characteristic, which is an irrational fear of contracting an illness or disease. A Nova Scotia FOIPOP or Freedom of Information request listed at shellyhipson.ca states that there have been zero cases of asymptomatic spread in the province. Therefore, if someone is not presenting symptoms, they should not be treated as though they are carrying an illness. 
if citizens are not able to return to their professions in healthcare based on their private health decisions, that is discrimination. I assume that is why the rest of Canada has permitted unvaccinated employees to return to work aside from Nova Scotia and British Columbia. So my question is, why is there no accountability in regards to these violations and why are we not hiring back unvaccinated healthcare workers, especially given the data we have now that suggests the poor efficacy of the vaccines, the many adverse reactions, and the fact that they do not prevent spread of COVID-19. I have heard you state in previous conferences that there are only a little over uh, 100 unvaccinated healthcare workers. I don't believe that this number is accurate as it and does not reflect the actual number as many citizens uh, that I know have left work without providing their health information. I know there would be more, more interest in citizens getting into healthcare if there were no more mandates. And I think the fact that this could save uh, many lives should be taken more seriously. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. Thank you for your comment. And um, actually, that is a comment that we've heard pretty much at 15 other sessions. So all I would say is I appreciate your, where you're coming from. We always look, but at this moment in time, that's, that's our policy and we're sticking to it. So <laughs> I, I will just take it under advisement and uh, go from there. Wow. It's our illegal policy and we're going to keep breaking the law. Yeah. <laughs> the part that bothered me the most is she said we've heard this 15 times before, which means the community has been very effing clear with them. Yeah. Very and, clear and well done on, on articulating that. You yeah. gave them a preamble and you gave them a question and she called it a comment and they were talking to each other. So they're not listening to a damn thing you were saying at all. Yeah. But for her to say we've heard this 15 times before, that should be enough nails in that coffin then the community so, was not happy it, you can probably, it gets worse you can probably hear how nervous i was I, I feel like i was one of the only i think i was the only one not wearing a mask in a gymnasium full of people and and after each question everyone had an applause after at the end of my question it was crickets <laughs> yeah i yeah. came over and said hello <laughs> Yeah, you handed me the CARES package. Yeah, so I, yeah. I went over and talked to Morgan right after, uh, and I had some documentation from CARES, uh, the Canadian Adverse Events Reporting System, that was reporting on, like, it was basically like a breakdown of, like, what they've got, what they've collected so far, and, mm -hmm. like, the injuries and stuff. And I had submitted a question online, they didn't take it, and so I went and confronted them right afterwards, and I went up to Michelle Thompson, um, who's also from the same hometown. She's an RN here. She's worked with my father um, and she knows me as a paramedic because she used to run one of the, I don't know if she's, maybe she does, still does or I can't remember, but one of the long-term care facilities here in town. So, and I've been in there hundreds of times over the years. And so she knows who I am as a medic. And like, as I said, knows my family. I went up to her and said, hey, I have pericarditis from the vaccine. I've been denied medical exemption and I've been fired from EHS. When is this going to change? And sh she went from like, like, oh, hey, how are you? To like robot mm -hmm. and said, that's the policy. We're sticking with the policy and brushed me off. Um, and like, 
one of the doc Morgan and I talked to one of the doctors that was there and like I explained to them like look this is what I'm going through I'm not the only paramedic either that's injured like there's like there's like two other guys on my rotation that I know that are like uh or either injured by the vaccine or got COVID so bad and then couldn't get treated at all like one guy can't like still can't feel his hands um and I think they essentially told me that people would have to file civil litigation yeah, that's that what they is. told. That's what that's what they said to me. They're like, "Well, you're gonna take that mm -hmm. up with your employer." It's like, "Well, you're doing this to my employer," and mm -hmm. like the doc that was there was like, "Yeah, and we we we're aware of this, and we know that it's caused. It's about like one in five thousand are getting myocarditis in young men and stuff." And I'm and so, and just like, are you listening to yourself talk? Like, like say that again and acknowledge what you're saying to yourself. What the what the fuck are you doing? Like, it's is unbelievable. And like, I uh, like I even went up to like Pierre Polyev, um, a year, it was about a little over a year ago, with me and another vaccine injured paramedic, and said, "This is what's happening. You need to address this." And crickets. Yeah. Not a not a word. The only yeah, one I've you. ever heard say anything is Rome is Roman Baber and uh, Maxine Bernier. I haven't heard anything from anyone else, and that tells you something, right? They all know, mm -hmm. they and I know they know because I told them to their face. Um, yeah. There were some upper orders to, to shut up on COVID, the vaccine, and just stay away from it. We heard it from the police. We've heard it from a whole bunch of professions now. Yeah, like Helen Gruse was told not to even investigate it, uh, and that was an order. That wasn't a recommendation. She was ordered not to look for a connection. That's I'm gonna, crazy. I'm going to show you something here. So this was sent to me this morning by a colleague, another paramedic, and this is the brain of one of her partners. Do you know what that is? Is no. it a mass? I'm not a neurologist and I'm not an oncologist, a, but that looks like a, a brain. That looks like a brain tumor to me. This is a young paramedic who didn't want to take the vaccine and had it and is now having issues. And this is I got sent this this morning. I've heard from mm -hmm. other another colleague, like in another province, who um, had vascular damage done in their leg that's damaged blood flow to their femur, so their femur is starting to die because it can't oh, get wow. blood flow into it. And ha also has pericarditis. And like the doctors like said, oh, well, you're too young to have pericarditis. No kidding. Now, now here's a problem. These are the signals, and they're just ignoring them. We heard this on uh, with Dr. Rose, too. The signals in the VERS database, they were ignoring them all. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's. I know uh, it's really, um, especially the small communities are becoming attuned to this. I I know there was a, um, a nurse, an RN actually, on Grand Manan Island, and a lot of people took her advice to get vaccinated, and they would ask her if it was safe, and she said, "I have five, so it must be perfectly safe." Well, she's since passed away. <laughs> So oh, nice. the people who have taken her advice are not feeling so good about that anymore. No. And like, 
when this whole started, I wasn't against it, but I was like, I need to know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and like, if something, if let's say it did work and it was safe, there would be benefit in me taking it because I deal with the page people that who are actually going to be harmed, you know, by this thing. But like, they lied to everyone, and they kept it under wraps. And like, I the number of people I know that are injured is like either I know them like firsthand or on like only two degrees separation. Like, mm-hmm. like say like, uh, and like, no, this is an example, but like say it would be like Morgan's friend. Um, but like, like there's more people injured than, you know, and a lot of them don't want to come forward because they're af- afraid of backlash. Like I, there's, there's more people in the diagonal community that are injured than people mm-hmm. realize. Cause they come to me and they talk to me cause they won't talk about it. They won't talk about it publicly because they mm-hmm. like they're worried about like people like shaming them and stuff and that's and like and, and that's one yeah, of the reasons I why to... i i talk about this so much yeah and good on you because it's not i i have a lot of people who want to share their stories but they want me to um disguise their voices or they want to wear something to disguise their identity because it's some in some cases they are nurses who are still employed who uh, have developed whatever different health issues autoimmune disorders and they have been gaslit throughout their journey of trying to find out the the root cause but they know i mean that their health issues began after their inoculation or after receiving the experimental drugs yeah it's unbelievable, man. And it's so, yeah. So, what have you tried? I guess you are feeling a bit better, correct? Yeah. We, um, no, the Dr. McCullough protocol. And yeah, it's a lot of that. So, um, one of the big things for me that, um, made it one of the most important things is that I, I knew what it was. Uh, I knew it was pericarditis and I went full stop and do, didn't do anything like, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna walk to the mailbox. Like we're gonna, we're, we're not, we're not gonna move because we can't have my heart struggling. Like we can't put, put strain on it. Like the moment you put, if your heart is being injured or whatnot, the worst thing you can do is put strain on it because it's think of it as like, if like, um, you break your ankle. It's the worst thing you could do. Go for a run on it because you got right. an injury there. You're going to aggravate it. You're going to make it worse. Your heart, as you push your heart, excuse me, it needs more nutrients, needs more oxygen and whatnot. And it's not able to give itself those things. And then the, the demand is going to go up and it can't provide its own demand. So then it leads to injury, right? Um, it's like, like first thing we tell, like, uh, look, somebody who's having a heart attack is like, you got to sit down and you're not going to walk anywhere. We're going to move you. Like, you're not going to, mm-hmm. you're not even going to walk. You're not going to walk to the stretcher. We're going to bring the stretcher to you. And then we're going to lift you and set you on it. You're not doing anything. Like pericarditis is obviously different than a heart attack, but it, it's, it, it falls in the same ballpark. But I did that. Uh, I took anti-inflammatories, um, and, and this for, is all because so, you decided to. You weren't prescribed or anything. No, I was. I should have been prescribed colchicine, which is a, it's a strong anti-inflammatory. It's uh, it's typically used for gout, but they use it for myopericarditis as well. Because um, I went into the the pharmacist, um, 
and asks, it's like, what's, what's normally prescribed for this? And like, has anybody else come in? And she said, you're not the only one. And I know yeah. people who got, took it and went home and didn't wake up. Oh, and like, and like, I needed a doctor to prescribe colchicine, so I couldn't. She couldn't just give it to me. But like, I looked like I looked like death. Like you, like even if you if you watch like the video of like me and like James, like at the start of it, like I walked from like the jeep to the barn, and I was drenched in sweat. I only walked like a hundred feet. Um, and um, so that was the first thing was to identify it, and which I was fortunate enough to be able to do. Um, and then. Um, I started taking black seed oil, which has tamonquinil in it, which binds to the spike protein to help, um, uh, so your body can help clear it out. out. Yeah. So help flush it out. And, um, uh, I think it's got, it's got some like anti-inflammatory properties to it as well. So I started with that. And then as like people were figuring things out, I, uh, I take, uh, natokinase, um, which we talked about in the previous episode with Peter McCullough. Um, and then you can just call him Peter now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, a few other things like, uh, what's, uh, there's, Oh my, I can't think it like bromo. Yeah. I have a couple protocols here and obviously I'm not a doctor, but, um, I'll just read this off quickly if you don't mind. No, go ahead. It, it's really brief. It just says that, uh, knack, is so NAC and an amino acid for cellular repair. Um, C60 for apoptosis. I'm probably, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> okay. To get rid of damaged cells and repairs mitochondria. Ivermectin, a typical 12 milligram dose for a regular adult. Body weight is a factor for dose. See package. I have had incredible results with ivermectin and different parasite um, cleanses. Glutathione to flush out graphene oxide and spions. Vitamin D, a minimum of 10,000 IU per day, uh, probably daily for the rest of your life, it says, as an immune system support. Vitamin C is... Um, intracellular cement repair and other uses minimum three gms daily chaga tea a couple cups should suffice and then it says balance zinc you can most of these you can get on amazon i have ordered like the natokinase i've ordered off of amazon um oh this one i'm not familiar with true niagen I put the, uh, the one that Peter shared with us in the chat there. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Yeah. I know there's different it's, ones. It's, Dr. Mercola has yeah. a, a detox. Um, fasting but, can help. Sweating. Yeah, I did uh, I do intermittent fasting as best I can. Um, I for those wondering what apoptosis mm -hmm. is, it's um, when your um, cells basically, um, when you have old cells and they, they kill themselves off. Oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, that's... Um, easy way it's when they the cell you have like cells that come in to clean up like old junky cells and they stab them and they pop so it's a pop because this is an easy way to remember mm -hmm. um but yes yeah, um so yeah um of those i take i do intermittent fasting which helps kind of cool your immune system down 
Uh, I do natokinase. Um, and it's not on there, but like the, he talked about like bromelain, bromelain or whatever. It's the extract from the tops of pineapple. It might be later on in there. Somewhere. Really? How did we figure that out? I have no idea, but um, the first one to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like, I take a couple of those things and like, um, I probably look a lot better than like when you saw me back in January, Morgan. Cause like, remember, cause we, yes. we were there. I had to, I couldn't stand. I had to sit down to talk to you. Yeah. Cause I was not in good shape. Um, I've like, I'm not ready to run a marathon or anything like that, but like, I feel well enough. I can I, do most things. I think your day. color is better. And I think another thing that's really important, um, something that, really helped me get through my rheumatoid like the worst part of my rheumatoid arthritis was uh, i had a therapist actually one time who told me she said your doctor told you that you're going to be sick for the rest of your life and now you believe that you need to let go of that belief and believe that you can recover and i mm -hmm. i was halfway there already i mean i i had read enough recovery stories that i knew that someday i was going to hopefully find the root cause of my disease and my inflammation, um, you know, and I'm, I'm not a hundred percent, but I think letting go of that belief that that lie, I guess that you'll be sick for the rest of your life and just mm -hmm. thinking positively, taking care of your body. And there's so many anti-inflammatory diets as well. Um, I know people drink cherry juice for gout or there's curcumin, uh, turmeric and, one of one of the things that happens when you're under stress is you release cortisol um mm -hmm. and um it's kind of like your stress hormone that helps you like manage things and manage your blood pressure and all that stuff um i think i might have that wrong it's been a little while but um we'll come to this in a second um because okay. it's going back to um what we were talking about previously but the more um the more cortisol you have in your system, the more often it's in your system. Um, it's part of your flight or flight response. The more resistant you become to it, and it helps manage like your inflammatory response too. So if you keep people at a heightened level of stress, they they become cortisol resistant. So you need more cortisol for it to work, mm -hmm. um, and then they have a harder time managing the inflammation that naturally occurs to their body, whether they get sick or whatever. Um, yes. Um, so by keeping people like stressed out, um, like anxiety and all that stuff, it actually affects your health because you are more prone to inflammation. So like even just that is like going into like a pandemic of something that is known as an, uh, COVID is an inflammatory disease stressing people out and scaring the crap out of them is one of the worst things you can do because mm -hmm. you are setting them up for worse outcomes, whether it's right. COVID or anything else. It's, Oh my God, dude. <laughs> um, but that thing that I had shared with you is sure. they had said um, that there's only a hundred people off uh, with um, vaccine mandates. That's not true because I don't know if you can see that. That's 963. Yeah, hmm. that's the break. This is a breakdown because, of course, the, the when you had to be double vaccinated, 
Um, and then they put everybody off on leave. They did that on my birthday because, of course, they did. <laughs> but this was as of November 30th of whenever that was, 2022, I think. 2021. 2021. All right. Yeah. And then you have everybody that quit. Like, um, where do you want to go next? Um, I can talk. Uh, I want to get into a. I want to get into your friends finding your friends. I want to get into demystifying a little bit of. Uh, I don't even want to say that word. I don't want your camera to shut off again. Um, yeah. But yeah, find your friends. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. if you saw that, Morgan. But mention the name, and then boom, his camera went dead. Uh, we're off Me Twitter, miss. and yeah, that that could. Oh, I have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I feel left out. I don't have one of those. Oh no, we have to fix this. This is terrible. <laughs> it's starting. I got a black bag here. I just need to pick a white stripe across it and then uh, I'll be set. My window <laughs> broke the other day. So, yeah, yeah. it was CSIS. So, yeah, I, I have something maybe. cool. I've shared, I've shown this, I've shown this to a couple people, but here's something that's cool that I got uh, about a year ago. And this is finding your friends. That's James Top and everybody saying thank mm. you for what I've done. Thank you, James. Yeah. Up, yeah. That's um, beautiful. Yeah. So eventually it will be up in a frame. I just don't have don't have one yet. Um, but it's there's James, uh, Chris Deering, Alex Cabana, Sammy, all those guys. Um, they all signed Canadian flag for me and said thank you. Oh. So, um, you get some more on there. You get what's Drew. You gonna get some more on there? You gonna get Drew? You gonna get some more? Yeah. Um, maybe on a different one. I'll, I'll this. I'll save this one because this one's from okay. a specific day. But um, but yeah, like I, when this all happened, I tried to like say, hey, like we need to approach this from a reasonable standpoint. Like we, like there's people out there that need help, like in our community. And, like we need to, we should come together as a community and try to help them. And you know, it, and that doesn't mean you implode the economy, you scare the crap out of everyone, and lock everyone down. It's you figure out who is in trouble and you go and you help them, right? It's, um, but like, I was, I got called everything under the book. Like I got called a whack job, a conspiracy theorist. When I said, when I looked into like hydroxychloroquine and how it worked, um, and said, Hey, this is kind of neat. I had friends that like, were like, you're like, you're crazy. You don't know. That's a Trump medication. Or like, I've had people tell me it's like, Oh, it's fish. No, no, and and like, I was on hydroxy for years because of that. That's typically what they give people with yeah. autoimmune disorders. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's what is, what it, the, the simple Coles notes version of how it works is you use it for like autoimmune disorders like lupus and rheumatoid arthritis as in your case. And what it mm -hmm. does is it interrupts the, the chain of events that happen in your body that tr trigger the inflammatory response. Um, and so um, COVID in itself is an inflammatory condition. And so if you can give this at the right dose at the right time, like early on before that happens, Doesn't you can in. hopefully stop that inflammatory response from occurring thus preventing severe disease because what, what what happened in the early days to people who got really sick is their lungs became really inflamed um and but like you point that out it's like i had like one friend who's a nurse say like well where's the science behind any of that and it's like dude just read the drug profile it's like <laughs> we're we're trying to manage symptoms so that their body can heal itself right like you manage the symptoms in like an in a cute case just so like you know so they don't circle the drain 
but no, you're, you're a whack job. Like I had reached out to a friend of mine, like when the convoy was going on and just had was wanted to say like, if this, like if not the convoy, but like if my health turns sideways, like I want someone to know what, like what my wishes are, because like we were going to go one way or the other at, at points there. Uh, thankfully we went this way. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, uh, I, I brought that up and they haven't spoken to me since like it's been over a year and a half. Still don't talk to me. And the last thing I asked was like, look, I just want somebody to know, like if I, if this gets really bad and I get really, really sick and like I pass away, like I want somebody to know what my, like, I want to have people know what my wishes are and like what I want done. Mm -hmm. Nope. Don't talk to me. I'm sorry, but chat. I've, and like, like when I went out, when I got kicked out of school, like, like those friends still don't talk to me. It's been five years. Mm. Um, and, but like, I've met, I've met like so many cool people like since like, and like that have like reached out and like offered, like, like Jason, you like, you, you offered to help with my, like to go over like my human rights case. No one has done, <laughs> no one has done that at all in five years. It's just like, it was, it's almost it's part of my PTSD. It's almost foreign to me. It's very like, cause every, and that's where my PTSD comes from. Every time I reached out for help when I had like just a simple injury, somebody, um, I was either attacked or I had something taken away from me. I'd have like my insurance to get pulled. I get kicked out of school. I'd, like an uh, employer that would refuse to acknowledge, like acknowledge I even existed. Like it, it's, and I've, I've met, I've met the coolest people through all of this, like I've met Morgan, I've met Jeremy, um, Viva, yourself, like, um, it's, and I've, 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 I thankfully I've been able to help a lot of people. I helped a lot of people in like the, the Lotus Eaters community. I've helped people in like the Timcast and like Adam's community. Um, helped a lot of people in the Diagonal community, the Freedom community, etc. And like, um, yeah, it's and. I, I had a lot of people come up and thank me. It's like, thank you for like being like, there's been a lot of negativity in the last like two to three years. And like, people are very angry. Like, thank you for like coming up and being like a, a positive force trying to like, trying to like heal people and get them back together and trying to like address like what the issue is because like most of the people out there, like who got caught up in this, they're not bad people. They were just scared. Mm -hmm or they were had something very horrible done to them. Like, and like, I, I know I had some folks say like, Oh, well, why didn't you guys all just quit? And it's like, well, come on. That's not a solution. Like what, what happens if all your paramedics and nurses and doctors quit? Well, you're seeing it in Nova Scotia because a lot of us did. Um, and they don't, and the powers to be don't care. Um, like if I, if say like, me and all the guys at the base, like walk off the job. What happens? You don't. You, you some of you call nine one one. No one shows up, and that's what's happening right now. Um, and that's that's hard to. Like, there's a sense of duty there, and like, I'm not saying like, oh well, you have to take the vaccine out of sense of duty or anything like that. But like, it's there's you feel a sense of duty to your community. Like, I didn't, I didn't become a paramedic to get rich, man. Like, you're you're not gonna get rich as a medic not by a long shot but like it's i felt a need to get back like a need to get back to work because people in my community and across the province and like my coworkers are suffering like 
Um, I'm going to pull this up for you and show you. Um, should have, I meant to have this up earlier. Oh, good. No stress. <laughs> I know Fairy was on the other day, and uh, mm -hmm. he was just like, he's like, I'm not Jeremy. I can't just pull, you know, talk. But see, I don't know how Jeremy does it. It's like while he's talking, he's thinking ahead and pulling up what he's going to play next. And like, mm -hmm. it's a it's a whole art. You mean there's nobody helping him do that? No, he needs a Jamie. He No, he, it's all. I thought he had one. <laughs> yeah, he's got he Philip, and I, Philip doesn't help. No. Philip does the opposite. <laughs> yeah. He's hiding um, one of the mouse buttons on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this came out on March 11th, 2023. And this, this, so this is, uh, this is on Saltwire. And this came from our union. Um, whereas this are the number of paramedics that have left the job. Um, I. Oh, wow. It doubled. Yeah, so I went off work here, mm -hmm. and it keeps going up. So we have about 1,200 paramedics, and since I went off work, 25% of us have left the job, whether it's they've quit. And this isn't retired. They've mm -hmm. quit. They've gone off on injury or stress leave or something to that effect. 25% of the workforce are gone. 12 of us in the last year are dead that's one percent of the paramedics in nova scotia in the last year have died and we range between 25 and about 50 in terms of our age maybe 25 to 55 is about the age most of us are in our late 20s to early 40s that's kind of your main demographic and if there are any unvaccinated healthcare workers out there in Nova Scotia who are looking for a job and they are interested in maybe moving to Massachusetts. <laughs> um, Paul Westhaver has an opportunity for you because it doesn't look like you're going to get your job back in Nova Scotia anytime soon. Great. Paul's awesome. So he has some contacts down there. Yes, and I know they are at Bay State in Springfield, Massachusetts. They are looking to hire around 1,500 employees. Now, I'm waiting for more information. I don't know if that's nurses only or if they need um, EMS. I, I, don't, I don't know what all they're looking for. But um, we already have a crisis here. So I don't and, – and the people who are working here – there's an opportunity for you down in Massachusetts as well, because I know that you're probably freaking out because anytime I go to the hospital and I usually, I usually do a morale check. It's not good. Nobody's, I don't think it's anyone's loving their job right now as a healthcare worker in Nova Scotia. I, I've had friends tell me that I'm the lucky one because I got to go off work with PTSD. You're lucky for PTSD. That's gross. Yeah, like and that's how bad. It, like that's how well. Like that's and that's how bad morale is. And like, wait, 
like during war, we would hear that you get shot in the butt, right? And then you're lucky or something like that because you can leave. Yeah, because um, right now, uh, people can't get days off. Um, they can't get shift changes. And every, and they're constantly going into over shift overrun. Like, it's, mm. it's not like normally you're scheduled for 12 hours, but guys are like working 16 plus hours a day. And like, you got to factor in, you need to sleep at some point. You may want to see your family at some point. But th- so we had our vaccine mandates dropped in Nova Scotia, but it was replaced with this, which is the um, basically the mandatory vaccination policy. Um, and let me find where it's at. It'll tell you where to find it is. Yeah. So um, you need to have proof of vaccination of the primary series of COVID-19 immunization or whatever. I'll talk about the medical exemptions in a sec. The primary series is the original one that came out that's both um, out of date mm-hmm. um, for like because it's for a virus that isn't in circulation anymore right. for a long time. Um, it's not available because they don't make it anymore. And three, if you can find it, it's expired. So they're doing. I mean, it's a huge red flag that they want you to take the primary well past its effectiveness, even if it was effective. We're well, like, that. E- even if you wanted to, like you can't get it. You can't get it anyway. But so what I'm getting is just... is, is is maybe they're putting something in you there to react later, but they really want that one in you. Uh, they really want yeah. that primary in you. Yeah, I, I. This is this is just them thumbing their nose at you. Like that's all it is. Um, like it's unbelievable like here's oh i forgot to bring this up this is fun um so when i came back from trying to get to ottawa i got this where i got put under house arrest for two weeks uh, if i left the property it was about a twelve thousand dollar fine because i was under vaccinated that's what they did to people, and then they made it illegal for you to stand on the side of the road and show support and whatnot. Yes. I'm really thankful that they didn't check on me when I. They checked did. on me. <laughs> did they? Yep. No way. Interesting. Yeah, I got called every day. Um, so for those wondering, when it turns to what we were given for um, medical exemptions, so. You can't find this anymore because they deleted it off the Nova Scotia webpage. Um, but let me scroll down. So uh, right here. I might so, want this because I've been looking for different things that they've deleted off of the Nova Scotia yeah, webpage. Uh, when you pull this up, it just goes 404. So this is your exa- uh, first for if you're a medical professional, these are how you get exemption. So you need to have written proof of uh, medical con- contradiction, and they consist of having a history of severe allergic reaction, uh, such as anaphylaxis, after previous administration of a COVID-19 vaccine, um, an allergy to a component, such as polyethylene glycol, a history of major venous or arterial thrombosis or thrombocytopenia, um, so like blood clots and stuff, a history of capillary leak syndrome. Uh, so uh, your in your blood, basically the fluid portion of your blood leaks out into your uh, interstitial parts of your body, so your blood pressure can drop and stuff. Like kind of what happens in similar to what happens in anaphylaxis too. 
a history of myocarditis, pericarditis after uh, mRNA, or experience a severe adverse event after the first dose of the vaccine, defined as life-threatening requires blah, 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 blah. Do you, did you pick up on the two key things that they all have in common? First dose? You have to pretty much die for before you'll be potentially exempt. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. You have to take it once, and then it has to cause a life-threatening injury. Yeah, that's you. Yeah, that was me. And I know people who have presented this to their doctors in Nova Scotia after they had serious and like poor Fred Pie after his he had one shot of Moderna and within 15 minutes his life was completely destroyed. Um, his health was destroyed, and they would not grant him an exemption. No, it's unbelievable. If if a kid ate a PB&J sandwich and had anaphylaxis, maybe about 20, 30 minutes later, maybe an hour later, what do you think the cause of the allergic reaction was? It's probably the peanut butter. No. The first thing you would ask, yeah, the first thing that you would ask is what was the last thing that was ing they ingested? Would be a coincidence. But... Um, for this, uh, it's always a coincidence, apparently. Like, if I gave, say I gave somebody a medication in the truck, and they had an adverse reaction, my first um, uh, inclination, I guess, would be, well, something went, something went sideways with that medication. Did I, do they have a sensitivity or an allergy to it? Did I the wrong dose by accident or something i would start asking questions there and once i ruled that out then i would move to other things but this is just it's just nope not at all I'm not gonna talk about it it's it's crazy well where do you go from here now so you're working with the uh, human rights you're working on your appeal you're on the next level and, and you're looking good you're doing better what is your prognosis um, how's this looking for you Right now, the so I have the two things right now. I have the um, I have my human rights complaint, which it's it's not an appeal yet. It's just started uh, in the okay. informal resolution phase. But, right. So they want to sit down and talk, though. Yeah. So we've sat down and talked, and um, it's they uh, every time they do that, they always shoot themselves in the foot because they they uh, <laughs> they reveal something. Um, it's funny that you use that one, shoot themselves in the foot, because that was a military way of getting out, right? You shoot yourself in the foot to get out. Yeah. That's kind of where that yeah. came from. That's where that came from. Yeah, yeah, it is. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. To get out of the military, you shoot yourself in the foot. You hurt yourself, and but not life-threatening, and then you can get out. Yeah. So they keep trying to weasel out of it, but like the most recently, like they, like we sat down and they said, like, um, uh, and they had said like oh well we we it's it's we like we can't guarantee that you're going to have like adequate opportunities in clinical uh or on practicum that you'll actually be able to finish the course um and it's just kind of a luck of a draw because we're at the mercy of whether the hospital let you come in and like or like we, we can't guarantee you're gonna be able to provide the facilities and the opportunities for you and afterwards like the guy from the human rights commission like who's worked in uh education before he's like 
how can they say that and charge you mm. tuition? And they say, hey, we can't guarantee that we're going to be able to provide you an opportunity to do any of the stuff you need to do to complete the course. Like, okay. And like, they, they say a lot of things like, oh, well, like this, this is how this works and whatnot. And it's like, well, you can't pull the wool over my eyes because I'm a preceptor. I take students on the truck with me. So I know how this works. Because like, like what I was doing, I do with, like I do with students. I take them on it and I do the, all, it's all the same stuff. Like it's, it follows the same process. It's, it's standardized across the country. So like, you can't, you can't pull the, like, it'd be different if it was like, I was some, some like, a kid that was green and fresh out of school and stuff like, but like I, this is part of my job to take students and teach them. Like you can't, you can't, you can't walk around, like dance around this on me because I, I know when you're lying. Um, so I have, I have that to deal with and you and I can talk more at length about it. I'll, I'll send you my actual complaint. You can read it. It's quite, yeah, I'd like to read it. Uh, yeah. Give you comments. I won't give you legal advice, but I certainly can give you some comments. Yeah, at least point me to who I should talk to, right? Like, because um, sure. I'm at the point where I, like, because what they want to know is like, well, what does resolution look like? It's like, well, I don't know. You cost you cost me my career. You, I've I should have been an ACP five years ago. Like, I've lost my pension. I've lost all these years of work and stuff. So I have is that. Going to, back option for you? Do you want to go back? Yeah, I want to finish my ACP. Uh, my advanced care. Um, okay. That's the goal. Like I want to go back to work. Um, so I have that to deal with. Like I need to, like my PTSD still needs some work. Um, and I've found somebody on my own that's been helping a little bit. She said something that was cool. In, um, and I've talked like without specifically talking about this, I kind of talked about some of the things that I went through. And, she's, and she said, one of the most important things you can do is find Find the people who will let you howl at the moon. And, yeah. and if you can, better yet, find the people who will howl at the moon with you. And that's what we've done. I'll howl at the moon with you. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I want I want my job back. I uh, the, the union hasn't helped me, really, any. I've brought it up to them. And, but, like, my goal is to, like, ultimately, I would like to get my health even even better i'd like to go back to work uh i intend like if i can i would get to work i'd like to be a shop steward um and be a shop steward with teeth because um the union isn't doing enough and you need to get somebody in there who's willing to willing to bite them and i certainly am willing to um because that's that's been a problem with our union it's just there's just it has it doesn't have any teeth right now. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's the goal. Hopefully, you know, don't get thrown in prison or a gulag because, you know, I've done this before. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes my show. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. It's over. Gone. <laughs> over. That, that, and yeah. then there's always the private prosecution route that, you know. Yeah. If the police are not willing to lay charges, you can lay charges or attempt to if you find a judge who will listen to you. Maybe look at the judges who didn't get to go back to work for some reason. <laughs> they could 
they could probably offer some advice. Yeah. And that that's the that's kind of where I'm like stuck at is like I just like I've gotten as far as I can get without help. Like yeah. I've had, and that's well we'll, uh, we'll take that part offline and we'll go find you some more help. There's a lot of yeah. people that want to help behind the scenes. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where we're at and um so are you the chief I, medical I, officer of Diaglon now? I, I am the leader of GPLON. Uh, and <laughs> the, the head paramedic. So, um, so <laughs> this. Yeah, you sent me a message about that. You're like GPLON. I'm so I'm going to explain what GPLON is. I googled is. that and my screen went blank. <laughs> I like that. You've been upgraded. Um, so this is this is the flag of GPLON, and this came <laughs> to be as as everything that I've. I create. It's usually in um, in response to something Jeremy says or a means to torment him because it's really mm -hmm. fun. Um, but he made yeah. a comment about uh, so in Jeep culture, uh, what people sometimes do is if they think your Jeep is cool, they'll take a rubber ducky and they'll put it on your Jeep. Oh, and, really? Yeah, it's a, it's just a Jeep thing. It's like if people are when people two people in Jeep pass each other, they always wave. Um, it's um, there's like a the same with like Har like Harley Davidson drivers mm -hmm. like at riders have like a culture. Sm like smart car guys did it too, by the way. I have smart car. Yeah. We all did that. Yeah, and because uh, we're nerds. <laughs> yeah, and um, Kia, the people driving Kias don't don't wave back at me. No, <laughs> not, with, not with that bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Jeremy had made a joke about I don't know how it came up, but he made the joke about people who drive jeeps and their rubber ducks and how it's like like a symbol to like their weird sex cult and okay. he called them and he called them jeepers and then like i called him out in like the chat on his thing is like we're called jeeple you bigot <laughs> and we're from <laughs> jeepulon and he goes jeepulon what's that <laughs> it's like it's like well it's an allied nation of diagonal but it's where we drive jeeps and and jeepism is a cult um and then i made i just slapped the flag together like in like 30 seconds on photoshop and sent it to him and he's like oh my god look at the bigotry it's driving all over diagonal and then <laughs> i'd love to know how many countries there are so there's diag diagonal circulon gpulon spatulon mayogalon what's it, what mayogalon the one that's entirely yes. made out of mayonnaise um <laughs> There's Tarantulon, where Jeremy is currently trapped in the basement amongst the spiders. Um, um, it's just like the more the more you get into like Diagonalon, it's like this, this, it's the goofiest thing you could ever imagine. It's just a bunch of inside jokes, Simpsons memes, and references to Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like it's, and that, and then like the the way like the government gets so wound up tight over it makes it even funnier because like it's like you're you're declaring a national emergency over simpson memes like <laughs> this is ridiculous oh it's so funny i got a yeah. message that he that rage will be on at nine today so i guess he's gonna be on in about 30 minutes or so yeah yeah if everybody wants to zigzag you long <laughs> Yeah, I haven't made it onto Kick yet, but 
I'm more, I like rumble because I can minimize it on my phone and do my ADHD thing. Yeah. Um, I know there, and then there, it seems like the more intense conspiracy theorists are on Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> and then the OGs hang out on Entropy. Yeah. That's usually where I'm at causing a ruckus. Yeah. I have and to they, join that at some point it's, soon. It's so, it's so funny. It's, I, um, when the whole thing, like, like I didn't know who Jeremy was until I think Viva talked about him. And then I was like, I'm going to go figure out what this guy's about. And so I watched his podcast and then I just went up to him and said, hello. And, and the rest is history. And now I torment mm -hmm. him regularly. And, um, <laughs> and I, I make an effort to try to make him laugh because, um, it's Jeremy makes everybody else laugh. I, I try to return the favor as best I can. Um, and I usually, it usually works. <laughs> we have the same sense of humor, so it's great. He's awesome. He's an awesome guy. It's, yeah. it's, it's disgusting what's happened to him. It's well, he's breaking so free of it. Though. Of it's working them, well. You know, like yeah. everything that he's been through and he's before every podcast, he still gets nervous. He's still, he's like, I don't know. I can't, I don't have enough material. I can't do it. <laughs> And it's like he pulls through and and it's such a good time for everyone who's involved. Well, I mean, I don't know about the Canadian Anti-Hate Network or CCS. I know they're watching. And <laughs> keeping them alive. It's keeping them alive. Enjoy it. But yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good therapy for him, I think. And uh, no, it's what a great community. Yeah. And it's <laughs> Ram along. <laughs> There's another um, one here from Mac. There you go. Make I'm not a circle jerky lawn. You can't have Kia lawn, Kia lawn, because everything will just break. <laughs> what about Sophia lawn? Is she going to be starting her own soon? Uh, I, I don't know. She's on her. I'm sure there'll be. How many That's Trudeaus cool. are there? Is there another brother she can just move to now? I think she'd be better off maybe moving on to, to Kyle, but I think that he is probably not interested. <laughs> no, he seems to be, you know. He's a little a too based. <laughs> yeah, he seems like he's a good person. Um, well, well, I'm going to wrap up because I do want to get on with the rest of the evening and get ready for Rage because I do want to watch him tonight. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to step over his toes because we know everybody will stay here. They won't go watch him unless we let them go. So that's the way it works around here. We'll pass the torch. <laughs> pass the yeah. torch. Yeah, the baton from the relay. Yeah. Are you going to be here next week uh, for the relay, there, Morgan? I am. <laughs> you know what though? I need to set an alarm. I'm starting to not know. All the days are blending, and then a I'll be like a day late, and then I'm like, oh yeah, the relay. <laughs> Yeah, it was my bad because we had two weeks of no relay, so we kind of all just kind of dropped off on that one. So my bad, but we're back. We're back. Yeah. Okay. I'm planning on joining <laughs> this week. Okay. Okay. Very cool. And then uh, chat. Will we see you back as well? Yeah, man. Whenever you want, you just have to remind me. That's all. Um, all good. All good. We I, all have to remind each other. <laughs> yeah. My. Uh, I have a lot going on and a little scatterbrained because. Uh, I'm although I don't may not look it, I'm under a tremendous amount of stress, but uh, 
we're we're good. But yeah, like if I'll, I'll happily come on. It's fun. It's it's You're always, awesome. Yeah, it's always nice to. I as as long as I can keep providing some means of help to people, I'm more than happy. As long as people find it helpful, I'll I'll keep showing up. Or, um, it's part of my profession. It's what I chose to do. It's what I want to keep doing. So. Um, my role as a paramedic right now is to is to do this. It's not to it's not to be on the trucks. It's to get healthy so I can get, help people while I'm off, and then get back on the trucks so we can carry on and hopefully fix that. But there's there's a lot of hurdles in our way right now, um, and they uh, they're in government, and they uh, things need to change because um, things are falling apart. They're falling apart real yeah. fast. And we have a comment here for Morgan. I guess you have some nice shoes. Great shoes tonight. Have a nice weekend, everyone. I think that meant to be shows. Oh, <laughs> oh. But great shoes. That makes tonight. that makes more sense. <laughs> like, how are they seeing the shoes? <laughs> I was concerned. <laughs> what weird camera does Ceases have set up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. the Snapchat AI. I saw someone recently. They interacted and an ai was like oh great hat and he was like wait you can't see me can you and they were like haha no and he was like wait what how do you know i'm wearing a hat <laughs> <laughs> how'd you get that info uh we actually have a rumble rant here we're gonna bring up uh ten dollars chet or jason chet and morgan you're all great examples of ordinary people taking the time to do what's right may you continue to set example for us thank you all they call us ordinary. What do we do about that? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you very much, KT Campbell. And uh, I, I see how you Katie. highlighted awesome. May there at the end. Yeah, yeah, that's lovely. Thank you so much. Katie's and awesome. we have another one. She's really cool. Yeah. That's Katie. Yeah, Gamble. You know who that is? That's very cool. I do. Yeah, yeah. And, Friend of and the show. people oh, wow. want they want to know. Like a lot of people had to get vaccinated or felt they had to get vaccinated so they want to hear what you're doing what your protocols are how you're healing um i think that those stories are going to be extremely important as more and more people wake up or realize that they've been damaged by this experimental yeah. drug so yeah it's yeah we'll it's keep doing updates like every two and, uh, months or so let's have you back and yeah. a lot of people got put in that position and were just they were just trying to help man like it's and you can't like that, and that shows you how insidious a lot of this was, is they, they preyed on people's desire to help the people, the vulnerable people yep. in their community. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there is there is no shame in wanting to do that. The shame is tricking people into doing something that was harmful to them because they wanted to do that. Yeah. Shame. Let's make shame great again, because it, it used to be a good um, deterrent. Yeah. I mean, shame was a thing. Yeah. I love accountability and shame and all the above. <laughs> Is that how you guys met? You said to Jeremy, hold me accountable. I love it. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we, oh, with Jeremy, I, I suppose we, we met um, at the barn. Someone tried to explain diagonal to me and I was like, I don't I have no idea what that is, but your little and friend. He said, from I like Di you. <laughs> your little friend from Diagon is more than welcome to come to our little our barn parties. 
I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> well, you love it though. Your your name was perfect for it, Morgan Mayhem. It's perfect. <laughs> and what's that picture behind you? The Wanted. There's my other aunt. I know. I've I. It's killing me. I, at the moment, I can't remember who made this, but it was after we were arrested the first time, and these are from our mug shots, and they added a little top hat. This is why Trump wanted a mugshot because he saw this. That's Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For violating the provincial sneezing noise ordinance. It's so funny. Man, it, it got so like I, admittedly I didn't realize how bad things were at the start of it because I live in a in a small university town and like out in the out in the rural area. And I checked out his social media, so I didn't see because the, the first time I saw people like be like truly nasty, I was like, I'm not dealing with this. And I stepped out. And so I didn't see, and because I was off work and like um, didn't have to do much in town, I didn't see, and like in, in my town, it didn't go too crazy anyway. But like, I didn't realize how bad things were in like Halifax and like the other cities across the country until much, until like I, it made kind of like, to like Viva was starting to cover. And it's like, I was like, oh my God, are they actually doing this stuff? Like, this doesn't make any sense. This is nonsense. Like, this is not how you handle an emergency. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. so like, like I admit, I, I didn't clue into how bad things were initially just because of the environment I found myself in. But as soon as you like saw, like as soon as you pulled the, the curtain back and saw like, oh my God, this is batshit crazy. Yeah, it's like no, they're not having this. Like telling, like telling me it's like, oh, you can't go to your sister's house to like babysit her kids and stuff. Like, yeah, you, like never again. No, never yeah. again is right, and that actually leads to a, a question we have in a moment here. So here's one from our friend Kim Octomom. Uh, Dr. Michael Palmer is on the front line doing research about the mechanisms of back injuries, and a Canadian. Cool. I think he can get you in touch. Do you want to be in, put in touch with Dr. Michael yeah, man. Palmer? Yeah, totally. All right, Kim. So, Kim, you got my contact, you, and I'll send you chats, and I'll put you two together. If you're not already connected to Octomom, uh, she comes on our show sometimes in the morning. Her name is Kim, and she's uh, a political prisoner. So, yeah, she's uh, one of the good ones, one of the fighters for us. So, Kim, yeah, we'll connect you to chat. We'll make that happen. And then another question here from your Katie. I'm curious what Chet, Jason, and Morgan think will happen if they tr try to introduce this BS mandates again. We'll start with you, Chet. I don't know. Um, I know a, a lot of people are not having it. Um, they think it's insane. Because mm -hmm. um, I know the, there's talk about bringing... Like they, they only just lifted like mass mandates at like the QE2, like the main hospital in Halifax, maybe a couple weeks, maybe a month ago, like okay. only just. Um, and I, I really don't know what's going to happen. I know in like the, like the people that like I talk to and stuff, I know like I'm, I'm quite certain I am not going to, you know, go with their shenanigans or Morgan won't or anyone in a lot of the free, but like, I don't know what, I can't get a good read from a lot of other people. Um, I can't like, I know like, like old friends of mine who like, we've kind of had a bit of a falling out. Like we're still, it's the, the, we're still friends, but it's like, it's they didn't like, 
go on the attack on me or anything, but like we just kind of we had kind of like didn't really interact much during the pandemic. And they're still like full on. Like when we had the wildfires, you're like, oh guys, you better be masking up for the wildfires. Like, no, that's not what are you doing? Like, oy. um, I don't I know. know. I pictured myself like immediately when they said the the mandates were potentially coming back. I was like, oh no, how do I get ahead of this? And I pictured myself printing off hundreds of stickers that said something along the lines of, this business does not comply with illegal mandates or something along those lines and slapping them on the front door of every business in Nova Scotia. And then I was like, okay, I'll definitely be arrested for vandalism. And then I was looking into doing this with like paper and tape and what have you. I don't, we need like a, and I know back in the Save Canada days when we had a freedom map, we were working on a package to empower businesses. I think maybe they would be more open to that this time around. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And from my side, being in Alberta, I think we're going to resist like crazy out here. I don't oh, know right. anybody who really uh, is following it. You go into the cities like Lethbridge and Calgary and Edmonton, you see lots of masks still, but nowhere yeah. else. Nowhere else. So yeah, I think in Alberta, in Nova Scotia. they still wear masks in Nova Scotia. Well, but our premier said when she was running for leadership that she would not bring back lockdowns or mandates. We have that in writing. <laughs> Let's see if she maintains that. We'll find out. Yeah. I don't trust. I you. think Alberta will definitely be different. <laughs> I think. You don't trust her? No. It's the best we got right now there, Morgan. It's, pretty, for... it's not good. <laughs> it's kind of like the, the leader of the CPC. Yeah. Millhouse. When that's the best you have. Mill I don't house. know. Yeah. It's... Well, I... Right. Just seeing the way that Sheila Lewis's case was handled in Alberta and how... Um, your creamer had didn't say anything like that. That says a lot to me. What happened to that woman is egregious. It should never have been allowed to happen. I've never been, I've never been so disgusted. Like of, of all the, a lot of like a lot of things have happened, and of all of them, that I think that one is the top that like disgusts me because like that woman no. did nothing wrong. She didn't deserve no. that. And if, and I hope you never witness this. But I know what that looks like and how people die in that situation. And it's horrible because she would have went into respiratory failure and passed mm -hmm. away that way. And it's horrendous. It's torturous is what they did to her. It's And then uh, Garnett as well. Yeah. Because he even had a match. It has his own family offering up to uh, keep him around. He had family, yeah, and, uh, young Technically, family. in my case, like if I needed something done... Um, it's going to be the same thing. Like, um, I didn't bring it up, but I could have showed you how you treat pericarditis when it gets constrictive. I have it primed in the background, but we'll we'll save that for another day because it's not pleasant to watch. Um, mm. But like, are you gonna are you gonna deny that to me if like say this flares up really bad or something? Because the the issue with pericarditis is it's that li lining outside your heart, your pericardium, and when it gets inflamed, it can squeeze your heart. Mm -hmm. And so they have to cut it and peel it off your heart or give you, or if it gets bad enough, you could need a heart transplant or if it does damage, right? It's yeah. 
Well, find your friends. I want to go watch Rage. I'm going to leave on that note. Um, thank you very much, Chad. I'm, I'm going to ask You're Morgan welcome. if she wants. <laughs> Sorry, brother. Uh, I'm going to ask Morgan if she can wrap up, and uh, we're going to throw it over to um, Rage. We're going to invite everybody yeah. to go to Rage. Thanks, everyone, for joining, and continue your united noncompliance. <laughs> don't don't wear masks. Never again. They, you're no. hurting yourself. You're gonna get bacterial pneumonia, and they're disgusting. I'm. I will shame everybody for who wears a mask. It's so yeah. gross. That's oh, why yeah. I'm. I'm a, I'm a little bit of, like, it automatically, it was just gross. Just don't, don't. You're better than that. My God. Yeah. Absolutely. It never made That's sense. It was made never made sense to begin with. The way I put it to Viva when I was just talking to him, it's like. Uh, I always liked the seatbelt analogy. Everyone was like, oh, well, seatbelts, you know, use them to save your life. It's like, yeah, there's proper PPE works. You mm -hmm. don't, when it comes to seatbelts, you don't tie an extension cord around your waist and call it a fucking seatbelt. <laughs> driving is a privilege, not a right. That was never a good argument. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you both it's, so much. Yeah, no worries, man. Thank you. I'm happy. I hope it, I hope it helps. I hope it, um, I hope it made you angry. It did. Um, and I, I don't feel stressed, it. but I feel frustrated. I That's for just sure. skimmed across the top of it. I could have went. Oof, we would be here for hours. Now, go listen to three hours of Jeremy, and you will be extremely angry. If you want to take your anger to the next level, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's rage tonight. I feel like I feel like raging tonight. <laughs> And then what I'll do is I go listen to Liz, Liz, Lindsay Butler. She did three songs this morning. That'll calm you down after. So Bring we're going to go down. watch Rage. Yeah. And then right before bed, go watch Lindsay, the three songs, and you'll be right. You'll be fine. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you both very much. I'm going to wrap this up and get going. I really appreciate it. Chet, this was a tough conversation, but we knew that. You did tell us ahead of time, and I did warn everybody it would be a tough conversation. But I, I could really have made it really gross, too. It's what I didn't. <laughs> next time so we'll come back every couple months with you to see how you're doing how you're progressing new information and yep. we'll take another look at how the society's responding at that point they may be trying to lock down but i think it'll be pockets i think it'll be pockets that will lock down certain places that's, may lock down but not everywhere that's that's not how you help people you, the way you help people is you be proactive like that's what it was always supposed to be in a pandemic is you like if you go like i say if and I'll, I'll end on this. Like if you go to a, if we go to a car accident, we don't like we, we shut down that one little area and then we're proactive helping all of those people here. We don't shut everything down. Right. We, we have that one isolated area and we reroute things around it and we help those people. And the first thing you need to do is you need to bring the stress level down and try to calm them down. That's the most important thing. And then let them know you're going to help them, not pull things away from them. that's insane. Mm -hmm. That doesn't help anyone. It's, it's, it was, it was wrong from the beginning, and they and they know that, they know it. So. Chet, give me a love you all and God bless. Sure, you guys are all rad, and <laughs> God bless you. Or I hope Philip doesn't get you. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's way well, worse than the Rona. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to seeing Rage. I want to get this energy out. I want to get on with my my weekend now.
thank you all very much for an awesome end of this. Uh, it was a rocky week. It was a rocky week. If you're watching the entire episodes this week, there's a lot of hard truth this week, but we need to do that. We're grown up. We have the ability to take it, and we need it. We don't need to be kid-gloved anymore. So thank you very much, Chet, for bringing some truth out tonight. It was, yeah, some of it was hard to take, but hearing it from someone who's dealing with it personally has such a much bigger impact than hearing some expert talk about it. Um, you you care so much about it that you're going to get the right information, and I trust you completely, Chet. I'm really sorry that the system has seemed to have targeted you and really gone after you in a bunch of vicious ways, giving you your 10-year congratulations with your letter of unemployment. That's that's weird. That's gross. Like uh, Things like that will bug me all night long, but I, I will get through it. Um, I'm not going to stress over it. I'm going to be able to take this in and, and do something with it in my mind. But thank you very much, Chad. I, I appreciate it. Love you, brother. I'm really glad that you found your friends. I'm glad you got to speak with James, uh, have that moment with him. I'm glad that he sought you out. Uh, you are special. You are important. And um, God bless that you're here, Chet. I'm sorry that you're going through what you're going through, but something's going to come out of that, and, and you're probably going to save a lot more people coast mm -hmm. to coast, even outside of North America. Uh, your future is still good. You are saving people. So thank you for that. They picked the wrong person to do it to. I yeah. keep hearing that. Yeah, I keep hearing that message. They picked the wrong they, group of people. Yeah. You... Uh, if you want to push someone around, don't go. Don't go after the punk rocker. They're gonna. They're. Uh, they don't like it. Like, Diagalon is what punk rock is supposed to be. That's what it looks like now. Harumph, I say. Harumph, I say. Harumph. <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome. You're awesome, Chad. And make a poster out of that. I wouldn't mind buying one. I'll support yeah, you I'll, that way. Yeah. yeah, I'll buy a poster. I'll send you. you the file. You can just take it to a print shop. No, no, I want you to. I want it to be something that we can pay for. Yeah, I would buy one. A lot of people would buy that harumph and a lot of your work. Uh, one comment that I saw here was maybe your creative side needs to come out a little bit more. You can focus on that and well, posters, t-shirts. I did buy a new hat. bass the other day and hopefully get my drums out of storage now that I'm actually feeling better. Like, um, Yeah, we'd like to hear that. The Road to yeah, Recovery or something like that. Yeah, like I have... like, <laughs> There's a lot of... In the the kind of like freedom there's a lot of a lot of like folky and country stuff there's no punk rock rest representation and so hopefully i can change that because that's that's my that's my background and my forte as well let's not give jeremy too much stress seeing his low numbers because we ran long so we'll yeah. let everybody go and <laughs> get over there everybody get out it. get out sure. yeah yeah we'll do our arthur Pulowski. get out get out <laughs> get out get out <laughs> It's time to go, everybody. It's time to go see some rage. And let's get this going. Thank you, Morgan, for popping in. It's always great to have you here. Thank you. Then, yeah, everyone have a good long weekend. It's a long weekend. I didn't get the memo. My show is still on on Monday. So <laughs> I didn't get the memo. You don't get long weekends. We, we don't get long weekends. Let's be real. <laughs> no, not until Freedom's back. When Freedom gets right. back, we'll put her feet up. Yeah. Thank you both very much. Thank Amen. you both very much. We'll talk to you all soon. <laughs> it'll learn how to do that diagonal thing all right folks no joke get out go see rage go check it out tonight it's going to be a good release this is how we need to end this week and then if you got some energy left go listen to Lindsay. the episode uh last chunk you'll you'll see it when the guitar comes out just stop and you can watch it from there
But thank you very much, Chet. Lots of love to you, brother. Lots of love to you. For some reason, we connected pretty quickly, like those neuron paths. You saw them kind of wiggling their way to each other, and then they connected. For some reason, we did that too. Did that with Morgan and, and quite a few others. It could be the freedom neurology. We're, we're all connecting, and we're making new pathways here because we need it. Canada needs to have this information, this knowledge, and we need to pass it on to each other. So, Chet, huge props, much love. God bless you, big uh, brother. I, I'm definitely a brother from a different mother here. Um, glad we, we crossed paths. And so, same thing with you, Morgan. You're one of those special people where I don't even know why I got the luxury to meet you, but I am really glad I did. And then some guy kept sending me money for that brunette. And thanks a lot for that money there, bud. I didn't get the phone number to him. So your, your identity's uh, still safe there, Morgan. But thank you all very much. Go check out Rage. I'm going to go ahead there right now. I love you all. Get out! God bless.